Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Recorded live. Hey, this is Gus. It's uh, January 27, 2016. And uh, Jesse and I were talking this afternoon uh, about some stuff, and uh, I wanted to get a recording of it and give him a chance to to study, he, he Jesse. How long have you been looking at Carl's stuff? A couple of months or before that? No, it's been now. It's been probably about four months, but uh, it's been getting yeah. It's been getting pretty serious in the last couple of months, though. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, to tell uh, people what's going on tomorrow with you, and then uh, we'll we'll go through some some stuff. Okay. I'll just uh, break it down. I got two, uh, there's two things going on in particular. There's a case from 2012, a, claim, a complaint against me, criminal complaint, that uh, I had entered into an agreement, and it was a bond agreement for a deferred prosecution where I was not to be convicted, possibly not to be charged for any new crimes. And then, uh, so that, Agreement is uh, from 2012 on a felony for marijuana, uh, maintaining a drug dwelling for reasons of use. It was an amended just for me, um, uh, for reasons of use, because I was claiming to be using it, not selling it as a religious grounds, Rastafarian. So now it's been uh, almost three years I've been on this bond. It's been like about two, over two years actually. So at, at the three year mark, the bond would be, you know, finished, and then they would just dismiss that felony that a judgment was never entered. But uh, recently in 2015, I ended up having uh, this issue with them. There's another case, and they are charging me with two felonies for interfering with a parental custody order. And so on that... Uh, this thing really stems from the fact that uh, my my property, my creation, my boy, he was fleeing. He was fleeing from uh, his mother's, and he was because we didn't live too far apart, a mile or so. And uh, he would just leave over there often and flee to my house because, and report different uh, matters that were showing me that uh, he was being harmed and reporting harm and things like that. So uh, it got to a certain point where uh, she had was ma- making remarks and, and saying things that were not only causing harm, but they were potentially like life-threatening. She was, uh, you know, making false like claim complaints, uh, saying something regarding that I'm connected to some like domestic terrorist organization, and uh, it has to do with the sovereign citizens and things like that, uh, because I had previously used some legal words, not sovereign citizen, obviously, but just uh, the word sovereign, possibly, you know, and then 
you know, through, for whatever reason, it was like shouting a uh, fire in the theater. And then all of a sudden, there's police reports coming back where police officers and, and those men and women feel like they have to take heightened precautions when approaching me or if they have to come into my house, they think it could be an increased potential for, a, a, you know, resistance and things like that. So these things are like putting me in a terrible place to be. I don't want to have those relationships. And uh, so now where it's at is uh, it ended up arresting me because I kept my boy uh, for a time of protection and I just protected it in my property until things were going to remain, try to be better. I was trying to keep things on a private side, and, and but uh, she was kind of not willing in some ways to work with me on, on a, a certain level, So and at some time she was. So I was uh, trying to navigate that. And then next thing I know, a couple of weeks passed where I had uh, kept him, you know, and then it was a different complaints that were going on in family court that led to finally they charged me with uh, these two felonies for keeping him on uh, these certain days, you know, extra, something they barely ever charge. And then, uh, so then, so then uh, it ended up, I was in jail, had a, had a reasonable, like a, like, I think a $5,000 bond or something. And, uh, but anyway, I didn't do one of their things they wanted me to do, apparently, which was uh, to show up to a evaluation for the competency evaluation to determine, you know, this and that about competency and if I was competent to refuse medicine. So I didn't show up for that, fearing that I might be captured and drugged. And then uh, it wasn't a hearing. It was just like a competency evaluation, not a... So I don't know. It was something they wanted. I don't know what it was, but they increased my bail to 40000 And then uh, I had to sit for some more weeks. And then finally, uh, I was blessed to have some people that loved me help me get out on a, on a bail on cash because we don't have a bail bond here. So it's a straight cash. And then uh, from there... So I've been still dealing with this case, and now at the last uh, time I went, a little over a month ago, they said that they, uh, something about coming back, they want to have another thing, but uh, they're also trying to open up this case from 2012 uh, to the extent that they're trying to have a sentencing adjudication hearing on the same date, same time as this other case that I have this $40,000 bond and these new charges. And these new charges are the, the basic foundation for bringing forth this other old case back into a sentencing phase. But uh, in the, regardless of all that, at the time when I had contracted into this bond agreement, I ended up, you know, unknowingly, without understanding, I would say without understanding, I entered into uh, the agreement. I lacked the capacity to enter into the agreement. And so um, it, it is now where they want to talk about this. There's not been a sentencing. So I had to give notice at this point that uh, that, that agreement on that day was uh, was an agreement made by a man that was unknowing, was uh, an idiot, 
And then I have to establish that fact first. Hey, Jesse, uh, give the name of that video that you got, the Craig Lynch segment, if you if you have it. Do you remember what it's called, the one that you listened to? Which video? Uh, with Carl? Yeah, the one the one that Craig Lynch uh, segmented that uh, that Carl did, where Carl's talking about how to rescind the plea. Yeah, let me just look on it. It's on the on the back. Let me find it. It'll take me a couple minutes or a minute. Uh, if you remember the name of it, you know, what he was talking about. Yeah, I'm going to find the exact video for you. I'm pulling it up. I think it's the rescission of a plea. Rescission. Notice of rescission. But let me just make sure because it might have been a notice of mistake. Or modify. It might have been modify versus uh, rescind. There was, a, there was a couple of them that all sounded real similar. Yeah. And, so they're out yeah. there. So you listen to more than just one then. Yeah, and they're all kind of coming from slightly different uh, ways of looking at it, but the same thing, really. I'm just trying to find this YouTube one. So how... Uh, so you've been listening to Carl, to Carl for about four months. Before that, you were doing some stuff with some other guys in this area. You're in Wisconsin, and I guess you've been working with some guys in Minnesota. And uh, judging from the conversations I've had with some of these other guys, um, you guys are talking about you know, the, the sovereignty of the people and how, uh, you, know, how, how you can um, – the government doesn't apply to you and these things that triggered the – the uh, state of Wisconsin or the state of Minnesota, whoever these these uh, entities are that you were dealing with, to treat you differently differently than they would uh, a citizen, a member of their own society, and that's where the the heightened alert is. But basically, uh, you started studying Carl's stuff about four months ago, and then yeah. um, we, when when did you and I first start talking? Was that in, in December or was it before that? Uh, let me see. You probably started talking a little before December, but for like the last six weeks or seven weeks now. Probably. Okay. Yeah. So we we've had quite a few conversations about words and about about sentence structuring and stuff like that, haven't we? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of small print, a lot of making sure that uh, you really express yourself clearly on the paper because it's, uh, it's a clear communication if, uh, if you use it in the way that you could. What's so, the most so, important thing you think you learned so far about, uh, you know, in the whole thing, you know, uh, about common law? Yeah, the most important thing is that it uh, what it breaks down to is that there's two different levels of uh it seems like two different levels of of uh weight you know two different levels of weight and one of them has to do with code violations and things where some you did something but nobody was harmed injured or suffered financial loss where and then the other side of it is if there is uh something that's more weighty it has more weight like if somebody was harmed, injured, or had a financial loss, I think everybody would agree that that's more 
uh, it has more weight and like there's more substance and like severity in it and urgency than uh, an, an issue where there's no one, no man or woman that's being harmed, injured, or taking a financial loss. So when uh, when you start to weigh those things and you realize, you know who you are and your and your uh, capacities, then you can stand at a, in a common law court, which is still, it's like, it's like, uh, it's not anybody that's just going to tell you, oh, yeah, you're here now. It's more like uh, you have to really know what you're getting into and how you're speaking because you're, uh, you have to act accordingly when you open up this higher, this higher burden and this higher uh, court jurisdiction. So uh, you really have to um, be willing to go and like stand and, and put put your claim under uh, oath or affirmation, and uh, and your claim is basically that another man or woman has harmed or wronged you or uh, you know caused you financial loss, and and the fact that you're making that claim, uh, it has a lot of weight, even in the same uh, room where another party may be trying to put a complaint against you, your claim uh, brings an immediate, uh, like, uh, an immediate halt or an immediate urgency to the, um, to the, the people. The, the public servants have, like, a, more of a, a duty oath or obligation where they have to, you know, dealing with the property of man. You have to always protect, you know, and, uh, the property of man and make sure that man is not harmed. So when you understand, like, these words, certain words trigger. They just trigger... Words are important, um, huh? What's that? Words are pretty important, aren't they? Yeah, very important because they, they, uh, they trigger reactions. Yeah. Now, uh, that's what uh, that's what we were talking about today. I was asking Jesse about uh, something in his paperwork that I had uh, I had made some modifications to his paperwork, and I asked him if he understood why I had chosen different words than the words he had chosen. And we've had these kinds of discussions for I mean, since the beginning. Uh, Jesse's you know written his own stuff, and I've busted his balls for two months. And he, he's really come a long way in the way he writes and the way he he views things because I told him I wasn't going to do it for him. And, you know, if you want to stay out of jail, you got to figure this stuff out. It's, it's your life. You know, I'd, I've helped people in the past and realized all I really did was handicap them. And, you know, they, uh, they went forward and, you know, they. I remember one time I helped a friend of mine. He, he had his pickup truck confiscated because uh, he was driving without a license, and he didn't know how to handle that. He didn't know anything about common law at the time. This was about four years ago, and I was working on redress at the time, and so was uh, so was uh, this man, <clears throat> uh, David, and uh, yeah, we were working on the, uh, the New Hampshire constitutional stuff, and yeah, I stayed up all night to help him get some paperwork ready. He fell asleep. And I wrapped it up, and in the morning he went to court, and the judge asked him, you know, one question. That that man in black asked him one question. He turned around and looked at me for the answer. 
and I realized, you know, that's it. That's the last time. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not writing for people. People need to start writing their own stuff. They need to do their own studying. And the more I go, the, the, the more, you know, the further along I get in my own understanding, the more I realize how difficult it is for people who get too much help to be able to uh, score the touchdown. They might get 20 yards down the field and land flat on their face. But the the energy that they expend in studying and studying and writing and doing all this stuff is what's going to eventually get them down to the other end of the field and uh, where they can, you know, they can complete the, the course. And uh, you never know what's going to come at you and from which direction. You never know if you might need to back up, you know, go forward, go side to side. You have no idea what's going to be coming at you. And by studying, um, you you know, your own stuff and figuring out your own stuff, especially writing, uh, you really get a sense of what's going on because you have to figure out the words. And Jesse's had the – I mean, I've really pounded on Jesse. I've busted his, his nuts over words and punctuation. You know, two days ago, uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I said, Jesse, what's the difference between a colon and a semicolon? And I knew – I knew he, I knew he was ready for court when he told me a semicolon is where a man continues his thought, and a colon is at the end of his anus. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, this guy's ready. <laughs> He's ready to roll. <laughs> uh, great attitude, and you know, you've come a long way, and it's, and it's great. The reason I was asking you to explain your situation is uh, a lot of people on the call will hear the words that you use, and by the way you talk, they will get a feel for where you're at and, and the level of understanding that you've got. I don't necessarily, uh, just because I remained silent, I didn't say anything when you were talking, doesn't mean I agree. I just wanted people to understand where you were at, what, where you're coming from. Uh, you did a bunch of notices, a bunch of paperwork, and you sent it to me, and I've, sent, you know, I've told you, you know, these two things conflict, and you know, you, you're cramming too much into one notice. You know, uh, you're talking about two different issues, and, and this is this notice is pertaining to a different subject. You know, separate those two thoughts, and these are the kinds of conversations we've had a lot of those, and uh, and you've stuck it out. And last night, um, you uh, you handed me the best the best work you've done yet, and uh, you know I, I cleaned it up a little bit. And uh, so that's what I want to talk. You you had a bunch of questions about that stuff today. And if you should do it, should I say this? Should I say that? And uh, that's the kind of stuff I want to get into next. And then uh, once we do that, I'm going to cover, somebody asked me to go through the Bill of Rights on Facebook and, uh, and to talk about that, it's something I used to do when I was doing redress a few years ago. So I'm going to hit the Bill of Rights. I'm going to hit the uh, Declaration of Independence the New Hampshire State Constitution. I'm going to be hitting some stuff as as we go along, but uh, I, I really want to get started with uh, the questions you've got because you've got you got sentencing tomorrow, and you need to get your head clear and you need to be ready for that. And so uh, this is a really great opportunity for other people to hear um, what goes through a man's head when you know he's he's standing there ready to face the dragon. And, uh, you know, so I don't know what you want to talk about, but uh, I know you had questions today, so. Yeah. Let's okay. keep up from where we were at five, six hours ago when I finally was able to get some sleep. 
Well, uh, the video you were talking about, the one uh, on YouTube is 104 called Your Confession Grants Jurisdiction, and it's only about a three-minute video. And uh, somebody's on there talking to them about uh, the bond, going back on a, a bond or like a probation that you entered into a contract and how you got to go and how you got to give a, basically a notice of a mistake. So it's a short, you can check that out, but I'll just, I kind of applied some of that reasoning. Definitely there were some other videos that were all about that. But uh, So one of the notices that I'm doing Hey, before you continue, Jesse, what's the difference between a mistake and an error? Yeah, an error is something that uh, keeps happening over and over, but when it's a mistake is when it's uh, identified and uh, it's, uh, it's been recognized. Yeah, an error is more systemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, keep going, sorry. Uh, so this is a notice of, uh, I'm doing a notice of mistake on here. Okay. And this one is, uh, it starts out, I think all the letters are going to start out, or whatever you're doing is going to end up starting out the same way I, man, declare. And then you have to have your punctuation right on there so you know how those words are all standing. And, uh, and then, uh, hey, so, hold on a second. Thanks, there's, uh, there's some background noise. If you guys, hey, thanks. Thanks, Kev. Awesome. If you guys uh, aren't talking, just mute yourself out. Appreciate it. You know, mute your own phone or, or hit star six either way. Go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, so this notice of mistake, or it could be a notice of error in some cases, or even in this one maybe. Well, but, uh, a notice of error, uh, the way I see it, if it's systemic, it's not It's not the man making the You know, a man makes a mistake, the system makes an error. In, uh-huh. in, in a computer... Okay, the computer keeps crashing. Why? Because there's a systemic error. Okay, the, the, the computer's not making a mistake. A mistake is something that a man makes. A computer makes has an error. And, okay. and the, the judicial system or the, you know, whatever system you're dealing with, it has rules, regulations, guidelines, obligations, duties. It's got all these things. And when something continuously fails over and over and over in the same way, that's an error. Mm-hmm. So this is a man making this declaration, so I'm making a mistake, uh, mistake notice. And, you're uh, saying that you're, you're the one who, who messed up, so that would yeah. be a mistake. Yep. So I, I'm telling them uh, in this notice, it's it's really pretty short, and uh, it's just basically saying the date, you know, on a certain date, there was uh, an agreement. Yeah, I entered into this agreement. And then on, uh, on another point, um, other than the date you entered into it, you know, uh, it's like a matter of uh, what you believed. You know, at the time, I believed this agreement was a benefit for me. And then, you know, along with uh, the fact that, uh, excuse me, uh, along with the fact that um, not only with your beliefs, you know, you uh, at the time, there was other circumstances. Like, for instance, I believed that uh, a man or a woman uh, was uh, bringing a claim against me. So that's uh, something different, and I no longer hold those beliefs. So um, as it stands, you know, looking back and just looking at it from uh, where I am now and having uh, having uh, no understanding at the time, 
when I entered into that contract, I can now I can say I believe that it, uh, that agreement is a cause of harm, uh, or it does cause me harm, and uh, and so for those reasons, you know that I. I Jesse, the uh, the final the the uh, the copy you put into the court today is that the same copy I've got from this morning. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let me. Uh, let me pull that up. Yeah, you can keep going. Uh, I was just thinking, uh, let me take a look at it. Why don't you just go ahead and read it from top to bottom and then explain it after. All right. Uh, so it says, I man, it says, notice mistake regarding quotes, and the case number is in quotes. I, colon, man, semicolon, declare, comma, and then there's eight points. And then, uh, so, first point is uh, on on the second August 2013, I did enter into an agreement with S in parentheses, and then on said date number two on said date, I did believe said agreements to be a benefit to I, and number three on said date, I did believe a man or woman did lay claim against I, and number four, I no longer hold said beliefs. Number five, I believe said agreement does cause I harm. And number six, on said date, I did lack the capacity to contract. And then number seven, uh, I rescind said agreements. And number eight, I require that quotes case number and then discharged for want of claim. And then at the bottom, uh, I say, here and we'll verify in open court that all herein be true. And then uh, I have Jesse, you know, uh, with a semicolon, man. Signature. I have Jesse with a semicolon after it, and then uh, man as a as like a printed signature clearly, and then I signed it with uh, my thumbprint going through the signature, just like my seal. And then. Oh, okay. uh, my- my copy's got a, a colon. All right, I'll change that to semicolon. Yep. Yeah. Okay, good catch. That's uh, that's good. I didn't catch that one. You got a colon in yours? No, I did. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be a semicolon. That's uh, I'm glad you caught that. You know, that's I don't know. I think uh, that's the recent version. I think you sent me the most recent version, like with the last one you sent me. So I think you already had it on there. No, I had a colon. It's uh, go ahead. So, so that's your signature at the bottom. You put a thumbprint. Thumbprint through the signature, and then there's a printed with uh for the address. So I just put my name, colon man, and then in care of. I used in care of with the address that I use for the in care of address. And that's on the bottom. In care of that location. Yeah. All right. So that that was the first step, and that was uh. So that was the first paperwork I put in to this 2012 case for over a couple of years. And uh, so now that was, boom, the notice of a mistake. The last time that I was uh, dealing with that people is uh, there was a man acting as an attorney, and I didn't understand what was going on. Cause he was, was acting a, as an attorney for who? Uh, I, didn't un- I didn't understand, you see? I don't understand who he was acting as an attorney for, but that was part of me. 
You think he was acting for the defendant? I don't even know the defendant. I don't know how to be a defendant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so that was a, was his name a public defender? Is that what they called that guy? Uh, actually, that guy was a man that I wasted wasted my money on, thinking that I was doing something. So he, uh, but he ended up. Uh, for that yeah. man had a discussion in a foreign language with the man sitting as a judge in the case. Uh-huh. Okay. And so uh, you, you have number one here that you did enter into an agreement. Number two, uh, that you believe the agreement was going to be a benefit to you. What, what kind of benefit did you think that agreement was going to give you? Uh, I thought it would save me from possibly uh, worse circumstances. Like, for instance, like going to jail. <laughs> yeah, going to jail, not uh, being able to have uh, possession of my property, things like that. Venting my property? Uh, both my uh, my creation and also my wife's property, like my woman. Okay. So you you thought it was going to interfere with your your the enjoyment of your uh, of your property? Yep. All right, and then uh, number three. Uh, on some date, uh, I, I did believe a man or a woman did lay claim against I. So what claim did you think somebody was putting against you two years, three years ago? That uh, someone saying that I did wrong. And, so did, uh, they, no. did they explain that to you, that, uh, you know, who was making the claim? Because usually when you sign a plea, uh, when you sign you know, some kind of an agreement, I, I saw your paperwork a couple of days ago, a few days ago, something about a waiver of rights or something like that. When you sign something like that, uh, every time I've seen it, you know, the, the the man or woman acting as judge will call you forward because they want to see, they will ask you, not your representative, not anybody else, they will ask you, the man who's representing the person, if you understand the, um, you know, what you're saying. And the, the, did they ask, did this guy ask you a bunch of questions like that to make sure you knew what you were doing? Uh, it sounded like legalese to me. And uh, Doc, I don't understand exactly what happened at that day. It was legally. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I don't understand. You thought, it. you thought you understood it back then. Yeah, at the time I thought that I understood uh, what I was doing. Okay, so what, what did what did you think you were under? You know, you were understanding. You know, at the time, at the time I didn't understand what I was doing. So uh, what I'm saying is that now. In hindsight, I realized that it was a cause of harm uh, because I entered into a contract that that was harming. It's a cause of harm to I. So it's obviously something that, uh, in hindsight, I uh, I did without understanding because I wouldn't want to cause harm to my own to my to I. You know. Yeah. So you thought there was a man laying a claim against you, and you wanted to settle up before things got worse. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, I, and it says here, number four, you don't believe that's true anymore. You don't hold those beliefs anymore. Is that is that correct? Since I've been talking uh, to you and Carl and listening to Kamala now, I realize how, you know, there's a, a man and uh, that I'm a man and that I, I can uh, require a man or woman to verify any wrongdoing that I'd be, I'd be accused of. So, uh, 
now I realize that uh, I don't believe that there's a man or woman that's that does lay a claim against I. So for those reasons, you know, I believe uh, said contract does cause I harm. And obviously... Right. Uh, and that's number five. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, on said date, I, uh, I did lack the capacity to contract. So uh, I think that speaks for itself. Well, it, it, no, you know what? It doesn't speak for itself. You sent me something on Skype today, which uh, was which was kind of cool. I told you to look it up, and you popped it up right away. It took you just a few uh, few minutes, and it was up. I don't even know if it took you a few minutes, but I I told you, like you know, like error and mistake, and and uh, different yeah. things that I've asked you over the weeks. You've gotten really good at coming back to me faster and faster with the answers. And I asked you, what are the elements of a contract? And, and you gave that to me pretty quick, which, uh, which is great. So uh, before we continue with number six, the lack of capacity of contract, why don't you uh, read through that? Uh, the, the, what are the elements of, of a contract, that, uh, that paragraph you sent me? All right. Uh, Actually, you know what? Read the whole thing. It's not that one. Okay, you want the, the exact thing? I'll, I'll pull up the exact uh, place that I got it so I can give you an exact quote. All right. Uh, summed it up pretty good. Let me see here. Okay, there's uh, four elements. There's, so there's four elements to a contract. Before I pull it up, I'll just try to remember uh, what I'm talking about. And one of them is uh, one of them is uh, that you have to you know, you have to have understanding. Oh, uh, hold on, Jesse. Do you have it? Do you have it in front of you? Um, I'll go. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I, I've got it in front of me here. It, it says number one is the offer. So a contract starts with an offer, and uh, somebody says, "Hey, uh, I'd like you to do something for me." And then number two, consideration. If you do this for me, this is what I'll do for you. So there's, you know, there's there's an offer, there's consideration, and then the uh, the next thing is acceptance. You can accept or you can counter offer. You can negotiate, and uh, if you if there is no possibility of your negotiation, then it's an unconscionable contract. Uh, but eventually, if you accept, your you know, the it says here the offer was accepted unambiguously which means with full disclosure and, uh, and knowing every, everything that there is to know. Now, there was nobody hiding anything. And then the, the next thing is, oh, it's got, it's got some icons in there, uh, mutuality. The contracting parties had a meeting of the minds. So not only did they have full disclosure of all the facts, they also agreed that, that uh, to, to enter into this agreement. So it was willingly, it was, it was a benefit to both parties. There was a mutual consideration. Everybody gains something. And it was done above board uh, with full disclosure. There was an offer. There was, there was consideration given. There was uh, a counteroffer possibly, and it went back and forth. And uh, eventually there was a contract. So, 
uh, explain, Jesse, uh, number six, you said you had the lack of capacity to contact. What does that mean? Yeah, that has to do with uh, point number four, I believe, like the meeting of the minds. So they were uh, having one idea, and I was having another idea. So in my capacity, I was uh, having... Uh, I was basically having non not understanding. That's what, what my capacity was. It was uh, the capacity of an idiot that doesn't uh, speak legalese or no legalese or is not familiar with the customs of the legal society. What about and, full disclosure? You thought there was a you thought there was a man making a claim against you. Yeah, that's the, that's part two, and then that's the other part of what I previously believed, and now I realize, you know, that uh. There is no man or woman. I believe there's no man or woman making a claim. Uh, yeah. And, cert- and certainly uh, by me saying that, there's no way that they can rebut that because there is no man or woman making a claim. They've got a complaint. And they don't have any man or woman coming forward saying I've done wrong. Well, so, as, far as, as far as your notice of mistake, uh, you don't believe that there's any man or woman claiming you did wrong. Did did you ever believe that you had done something wrong, or did they just convince you somehow that you had? Well, definitely at the time I believed that uh, another man or woman laid a claim against me for uh, wrongdoing. Yeah, but you didn't even know who that man or woman was. Right. So how how could you possibly believe that you had done something wrong? No, yeah, you I were acting you... you were acting without full disclosure. Mm. I, obviously, that's why I didn't understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing led to another, and then it uh, it smeared my uh, ability to really perceive, and I didn't understand at that point what I was doing, and then I just proceeded to act with with uh, without understanding. What's that? Uh, what's that called when you have a contract that's not based in the facts? It's not based in what? It's not based in you know on the when you have a contract without full disclosure. What's that called? Remember? Uh, contract without full disclosure. Uh, fraud and factum. Fraud. Yeah, there's two different types of fraud: fraud in the factum, and fraud in the inducement. And uh, Carl's yeah. got a couple of good videos about those two. But I haven't wanted to to really dig into calling them fraud names yet because that's that's another level. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's it's another yeah, it's a deeper level. That's where you're making a claim. But uh, you know, if if somebody was was intentionally withholding information or purposely giving you the wrong information, like hey, you've done wrong. There's a there's a claim against you, and we're going to minimize you know the damage to you uh, if you agree to the to these terms and conditions. You know, that's you know, they're it's a, it's misleading. It's you know, you didn't have full understanding. There was, you know, I, I don't know what else to call it, but fraud. You know, if they tell you that there's a man making a claim that you've done wrong, and, uh, and they have authority to act when, in, you know, against you, a man, when in fact, you know, they're, they're just treating you as a person. You know, there's a whole lot of misleading going on in, in, in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But do you believe that's what caused you to have a lack of capacity to contract? You know, I can't say for sure what uh. The reason why I didn't have a understanding, 
but I know that the fact that my capacity deals with that, that I was an idiot and that I didn't understand and I don't understand legalese and the customs <laughs> of the legal society. Uh, so how, good man. Uh, good man. <laughs> and I didn't realize I'd been riding you so hard. <laughs> Did you realize what? Fucking awesome. <laughs> what, you say you didn't realize what? I didn't realize I'd been pushing you so hard because I... I've been asking you these twi- these trick questions for two months. <laughs> You're not falling for them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want. I can't. Aff- I can't afford to fall for them. That's I'm really awesome. trying to. Yeah, and then, oh, that's what I was going to ask you too. Uh, so, could you before I go on to the next thing, could you uh, could you touch on like tomorrow how important or unimportant it is? Like uh, for instance, I have I have these notices. There's about six, seven, eight notices. I could, I could try to say and get out loud every notice, but I, maybe I won't. You know, maybe whatever for whatever reason there'll be commotion, and I won't get to do that for whatever reason. So if there's yeah. something, if there's something like uh, something brief that definitely I want to say, I know for sure I have to, I'll say I'm a man before the court, and uh, I believe that the other thing I would say is uh, I stand on my notices to mankind, and then they can say, oh, you didn't see your notices. We don't, we don't have to look at your notices. Okay, exactly. And so uh, when, I was, uh, when I was going through my stuff in, last year in the spring, uh, mm-hmm. when I was going to court, I did not want to keep my mouth shut. I was absolutely, there's no way I was going to shut up. I didn't say a word in 2004 when I was accused of felonies. They asked me how I pled. I told them I was not going to plead and confer jurisdiction to that court. Judge Lynn uh, slammed his his fist down on, on his on his desk and said, uh, "So this court has Mr. Bratton, This court has jurisdiction." He was fuming mad, and uh, and that's it. I never ever 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 spoke again ever. Nothing. Nothing ever went into that case except notices, and that was it. And that was in 2004. I went to trial without representation. I didn't speak. They were speaking a foreign language. I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. If, if they wanted to throw me in prison for the rest of my life over some paperwork that I had filed into the county recorder's office, so be it. You know, I wasn't going to play their games. I didn't give them the jurisdiction. So I kept my mouth shut. And I did, I did two years in, in jail for that. You know, they convicted me and gave me 23 years. And so I did two years. I spent five years on probation, and that shit wasn't fucking going to happen again. So I was going to open my mouth in court, and so I had this discussion with Carl about this, and he says, he says anything that's on your notices, when you put a, you know, if your notices are in the court, it's in writing, and, uh, and you're just compelled to say something, he says, pick up a notice and just read it. And you don't read notice mistake regarding the case number, you read, I, am in declare, on August 2nd, 2013, I did enter into an agreement. So you read the actual notices. And so, you know, when you start reading your notices into the record, uh, that really messes them up because you're, you, you just stated you're a man, so therefore you're not talking legalese. You're talking like a man. If you're a man, they have to... Uh, if you claim you're a man in court, you're, you're essentially um, evoking common law, whether you say it or not. I said it specifically 
in my, you know, in, in my dealings in, in May of 2015. But, uh, you know, and I said it at least twice. I tell people to say things at least three times. Just keep repeating the same stuff over and over and over again. You are there to make the record. You are there to get your stuff done. Forget everything they're saying. They're going to do whatever they want to do no matter what. You're there to make the record. You're there to lay it on the record, what's going on. You're a man. You, you declare things, uh, and, and that's where you can go. So if, you, if you're compelled in your heart to speak, make sure you've already put it in writing. And, and that it's in the form of a notice and it's already on the court record, and then just pick up that notice and speak it right into the record. Yeah, now what happens when they when you're trying to – so obviously there's a couple of things that you want to say. The first thing out of your mouth is, I'm a man. And then the next thing that I would – that's the, what I was going to ask you. Like if, uh, if I know that I got a short leash and I, I'm only going to get out maybe two or three sentences and yeah. you're going to the sentencing hearing now, and uh, you and you gave the notice of mistake, but they might try to play the game, or whatever, or whatever. You don't want to get held in contempt and and do too much uh, that could be interpreted as, or you know, you don't want to get out of control and lose your composure. Or anything. Look at so, your not- look at your notices, okay? Okay, it's in your notices. What I did is I I prepared a statement for court, so that when mm-hmm. I got to court, I knew I was going to repeat this one statement over and over and over again because that particular statement was the culmination of my notices. And it was, it was real simple. I'm a man. I'm here to settle all claims before the court. I require the man who says I do wrong to come forward and make his claim against me uh, that I may settle up with that, with that man. Otherwise, I require that this case be discharged. That's it. That's the okay. whole fucking thing. You know, if, there, if I'm the only man in this, in this room, because you're a person, the judge is a person, He's getting paid to be there. The prosecutor is a person. He's getting paid to be there. The cop is a witness. He's a person. He's getting paid to be there. Everybody is an actor. They're all getting paid to be there. I am not there to act. I'm not there to, uh, to do anything except settle a claim. I've got a notice that says I'm here to settle a claim. So uh, that's, you know, that, that was my purpose of being in court. So that's what I stuck to is that one sentence. The, uh, the underlying foundation of my statement is that I'm a man. I wish to, re- to remain in honor. I wish to, to be with clean hands at all times, you know, with no bad intent, no evil, okay? And I, I do so with good faith. You know, I showed up today in good faith to settle whatever claim comes forward, put the man on the stand that says I do wrong so that I can settle up and move on with my life. I have a right to be let alone. The man who says I do wrong has the right to be made whole. Let's get the show on the road. Let's get this over with. Because all of you are getting paid. You're all actors, and you're all getting paid to do what? To settle a controversy between a man and another man. Now, now some it, of that stuff, it, Gus, you didn't put in writing. Some of that stuff, what you're saying now, is like a little bit like people should understand, right, that not everything you're saying right now is a quote like, uh, no, no, I'm saying this is the underlying, uh, you know, the underlying foundation of that statement was what I just said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, uh, <laughs> I'm going to get into that a little bit more when we talk about, there's uh, one of your, one of your, one of the things I changed in your paperwork was uh, God endowed rights. 
and I, and I don't want to give that away. I want to have the discussion first. So whatever that, you know, wherever that is, uh, I want to cover that one next. But before I do that, okay, your notices say, I, man, declare. What's the difference between a declaration and a, um, and a, uh, an affidavit? Yep, uh, an affidavit sounds like it could be a legal word, and the declaration or to declare is something that a man does, like uh, only a man can declare. Okay. So what's a person do? A person swears under the pains and penalties of perjury to the best of his knowledge that all be true, complete, and what's the other word? Uh, True, complete, it's been too long since I wrote an affidavit. <laughs> so that uh, a, a person makes an affidavit and he certifies. So, you know, th those are three things that are legal, whereas a man will verify and make an affidavit, uh, make a uh, declaration. So a man declares and verifies that it's true, whereas a person uh makes an affidavit and certifies that it's true. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Did you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I, I'm at the other end of the room. I didn't know if my Bluetooth had cut out. Did you hear yeah. all that? Yep. Okay. Hey, Gus, I got a question while we're on the spot, too, before we go on. Is go um. Okay, I know in some of this paperwork somewhere, it says something about I require 48 hours to properly answer questions in writing. Yeah. So, for instance, now, if uh, if I go into court, having already given them notice that that I require 48 hours prior to answer questions in writing, if I was to answer a question of theirs, well, which in, which notice is that? This is a notice of idiot. This is actually okay, the next so, thing I'll do. I'll just so read let me, it. Let me, are, we, are we done with this notice of mistake? Yeah, so let's do this idiot notice. So, uh, so let me, let me I pull that one up. All right. I man declare, and then there's two points. I am an idiot to legalese and the customs of the legal society. See exhibit A. And then point number two. So exhibit A is basically is uh, etymologonline.com. They uh, just give cut and paste, you know, the definition of idiot, uh, legalese, um, things like that. You can put that in there for your um I mean, you didn't uh, you didn't put the whole definition in there. Read read what you got on your paperwork for for idiot. What what part did you copy? It says ordinary person, layman, outsider, person lacking professional skill opposed to writer, soldier, skilled workman, literally private person, as opposed to one taking part in public affairs. Uh, and then, and then uh, what's the next definition you got? And then idiotic is uh, unprofessional, unskilled, not done by rules of art. What are, what are rules of art? That's something uh, the legalese society deals with when they compose their language and their, the way they... Uh, make their definitions. So what they do is a form of art? Uh, I don't understand. 
this big league, I don't understand. Good. All right, and then uh, what's the next definition? Uh, the next one is legalese, and this is uh, the language of legal documents, and which is 1914 from legal plus language, name ending ESE. So this is uh, like the legal language, and it's in the, you can look it up, it's called legalese. It's the language of legal documents. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, so that, that, that word, legalese, has been a uh, a term, a word that's been used since 1914 to describe uh, the language that uh, attorneys speak in court. Or, yeah. well, no, not, not well, it's, it's the language that they use when they write papers. So it's uh, legal documents, yeah. So that's your, that's your exhibit. And then uh, what's the second point you had? You had the first one was, I am an idiot to legalize into the customs of the legal society, see exhibit A. You just read into it. What, what's the next one? I require 48 hours to properly answer questions in writing. So that's my question. Now, I gave them this notice. Now, I'm in there. Now, let's say, for instance, the judge woman, she's like, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll talk to you man to man. And now, okay, you know can I speak freely to her man to man? Do I still, like, whatever I'm doing. Yeah, of course what you, if can. I you can. Free, you can freely say, I, a man, declare, I require 48 hours to properly answer questions in writing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Put your, put your question in writing, and I'll answer you in writing. Yeah, so I can keep, I can keep saying that. Stick to your notices. Don't go away. The reason you took two months to get your notices put together, you know, working day in and day out to get the words right is because they say what you intend to say, so don't fucking go away from that. Stick to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if you don't, if you think they're going to talk to you about something else, put something else in there. Put another notice in there that wants to, you know, if you say, you know, uh, you know if you think they're going to, they're going to, bring some other thing up. I can't think of what they might bring up, but, uh, you know, for me, it's all about, look, I'm a man. I don't understand what you guys are doing. I'm a man. And I'm talking to you man to man to let you know I'm here to settle whatever claim is against me. And I have the right to face my accusers to put them on the stand and let's get the show on the road. And that's it. We don't go nowhere. That is the only thing you're ever going to hear come out of my mouth until that man takes the stand. Okay. They put that, they put that cop, on the stand, you know, in my case, you know, eight, nine months ago, whenever that was, okay, but he's a witness. He's not my accuser. He's just a witness. He's the guy who says, you know, he saw a flying saucer land on, my, on, on the hood of my car, and, uh, you know, we had a brief discussion, and the flying saucer went away. Okay, who am I to determine what that man believes? Okay, beliefs are everything. That's the foundations of law is, is the beliefs. Okay, your conscience. And so I'm not going to argue with that man's beliefs. He's a witness. He's not saying I did wrong. He's not making a claim against me. He's just, he's a witness. Okay, well, he's a witness for who? Who's making the claim? I don't care about the witnesses. You can have 500 witnesses. Who gives a, who gives a shit? You know, where's the man making a claim? I have a right to face my accuser. So until I face my accuser, we aren't doing anything else. And that's, that's where I'm at with all this, and, and that's the recording 
you can hear it online, you know, because that's when I boiled it all down, there was nothing left for me to talk about. I'm a man. I wish to remain an honor. I have the right to uh, to clear my name. The, the 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 man who says I do wrong has the right to be made whole, and I'm here to do that. I've got my checkbook. Give me the bill. Put the man on the stand. Let him verify the debt that I owe him, and we'll move on. But until I face my accuser, we're not having a discussion. And all my stuff was in my notices. When you uh, did you deviate at all? Like for instance, even now you're saying like uh, I'll cut the check or whatever. Did you say it exactly like that in your notice, or did you just do that on the spot? What I had is I took my notices, I put them in, and then I wrote a statement. You know, the reason I was so consistent when I was in court is I stuck to my one statement. You know, I, I had like three different statements that said the same thing. One was a little shorter, one was a little... The only time I deviated was when the uh, man said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't give you legal advice. He said it over and over again because that's all he ever said to me. And um, that's you know, the, the only answer he ever gave me. So I did my thing, okay, and he did his thing. He said, I can't give you legal advice. And he kept repeating that over and over again, and I kept repeating what I had to say. So we both made our record, and then, you know, whatever happens next happens next. So the only time I deviated is at the end when I said, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's not my notice. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want any interest, you know. Interest is what you collect on, on money that you put into the bank, or you have a, a vested interest in something, you know, you, you, it's just, I didn't, I was not interested. <laughs> I, and I, you know, I didn't want to say uh, I was interested. So I, I should have never said that's interesting. That was a big mistake. But that, as far as I know, that's the only thing I ever deviated from on my, uh, from my notices. All right. But that didn't, that didn't really uh, hurt you. Well, there's you know there's some other stuff that uh, that happened. See, I got I was arrested on on the tenth. It was Mother's Day. Uh, it was mother. It was at the end of the day, Mother's Day, and I had gone out to eat. And it was uh, by the time I got out of the restaurant, it was three a.m. And I got pulled over for failure to use a left turn signal. And so uh, it was it was the the day after Mother's Day, whatever that is. So I you know they arrested me. They thanked me for being a gentleman. There was, there was probably 20 cops there. You know, there was a loaded 45. Well, I, I never saw it, but they claimed there was a loaded 45 behind my seat. So, um, you know, they, here's, this, you know here, here's two guys in a car in, in a not-so-wonderful section of town, and there's a 45 in the back seat. And these cops were like, put your hands on the steering wheel, do this, do that. And they were fucking mellow. They were great. You know, and there was, by the time, you know, the whole thing was done, by the time I stepped into the paddy wagon, there was a, uh, one of the officers, a gentleman uh, with gray hair, thanked me for being a gentleman. He says, hey, thanks for being a gentleman about this. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, you guys all got to, you know, I mean, that's, that's why you're here. You know, you're here to make sure scumbags stay off the streets, heroin addicts, drug pushers, pedophiles. I mean, I'm, you know, and I told them later. Uh, I, I, I did sit with the uh, with a couple of detectives that they had, you know, they wanted to ask me some questions, and I thanked them for uh, for doing their job because there's no way I could do it, you know, I, I, there's no way I could sleep at night. I couldn't do it, and uh, so thank God these guys are there. But you know, not one of the, all these cops showed up that night. Not one of them pulled a gun. 
Not one of them stuck their gun in my face, nothing. There was nothing like that. There was uh, the, the man who did testify uh, in that court. I remember seeing him holding, a, holding his taser out. He had his taser, and he was ready to use it if anything went down, but he wasn't pointing it at anybody. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool considering uh, you know, how how nasty it could have gotten. Hey Gus, when you went in there, you didn't have an actual claim filed, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. I did not. So, oh, the so point then, I was getting at with all that is I got arrested that night. Uh, two days later, I was out on bail, and the very first thing I did was to let the county prosecutor know that eventually there's going to be this uh, felony case coming to his desk from the lower court. And when it gets there, uh, you know, this is what's going on. I require you to get a hold of me. And uh, that was the first letter I gave him was just, you know, to let him know, heads up, hey, I require to speak with you regarding this case before you do anything. And then when I didn't hear back, I gave him notice that I wanted to prosecute the false witness against me. So, uh, you know, there, there was other things that I did in the Superior Court, uh, you know, giving notice to the grand jury that, it, you know, that if this case came up before them, that I required to be heard. You know, there, there was other things I did that never made it onto the court record because I never put the stuff into the court record. And I did not file a claim because I didn't want to spend the 300 bucks. I, I wanted them to give them a, a, an opportunity to do the right thing you know, because they have their job to do, and and you know, which involves you know sometimes uh, innocent people. And so I I told them you know I didn't know what they were doing, what was going on. Let me be. They looked at you know at everything, and they decided you know this wasn't worth pursuing, and they let it go. So you know I think the system worked exactly the way it's supposed to in that instance, and uh, and so I lost a couple of days and. You know, there was a lot of stress. That stress is the stuff you're going through. It caused me to really see clearly what was already in my head and to, to cut away the, uh, you know, like when you have gold and silver and, and you refine it, you know, you, you heat it up and heat it up and heat it up, and eventually all you have left is purity. And so it really cleaned up my thoughts to that one statement that I stood on when I finally got the court. How does it uh, how does it change the situation if I'm going tomorrow having this yeah. claim filed? So I do have a claim filed, although it's uh. Well, your your claim is against uh, the man who who uh, made a report, and that, that's an entirely separate issue. I really don't want to get into that right now. We I mean we can talk about it if we have time later. Uh, I want to get into I want to the the. the the big thing I wanted to uh, do is cover words and punctuation, you know, because this was a word nerds call, and, and why those words are important. So I wanted to get through your notices. Stuff okay. To put in. What's the, do you want to continue with the, the idiot notice, or do you want to do another one? That's the idiot notice. That one is done. Okay. And then the next one is uh, notice man. And then uh, this one. Same thing, notice man regarding quotes, case number. And it starts out the same way. I, colon, man, semicolon, declare, comma, and then two points. 
and then I am man before court without title or representation. And then the second point is any man or woman that acts on my behalf shall bear liability for said actions. And then okay, uh, short and Carl sweet. Talks, Carl talks about um, uh, remaining in the presence at all times. So where it says uh, any man or woman that acts, uh, it should actually say that, that does act on my behalf, which is more in the present tense. Uh-huh. Yep. So go on from there. That was number two. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, so there's, there's only two points on that one. Okay. Do you have any questions about that? Do you want? Is there something you wanted to talk about with that one? No, uh, this is just, uh, I think once I say I'm a man, then uh, obviously the notice of man is immediately uh, called into mind. And then, is, am I right? Like the notice, if I, if I say I'm a man, okay, I've given notice that I'm a man, now I'm saying I'm a man, so definitely I've got that on record. Uh, where, uh, where does it say on your notice that you're a man? I am man before court without title or representation. That's right. That's right. It doesn't say a man, it says man. Right, so I, man. Okay. Okay, I, which is the creator, I, Mm -hmm. created in, you know, man, created in the image of the creator, okay, am, so I am, which is God, man, in the image of God, before, not in, at, or or, uh, whatever, you know, not, not bound to the jurisdiction thereof, so you are before the court, and uh, you are without, which means you're, you're not within title or representation. So every one of those words is critical. And uh-huh. so when you say a man, now you're saying that you're, you're just one of those men. You're not the man. You're not the man. In that, but, but see, in this case, you are that man. There is no other man in this case. You are mm-hmm. the creator in this case. You're the creator of whoever it is that's moving this stuff. You are there. You are creator at that moment because you're the only man that exists in that case. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I can say is that, you know, if you're ever in the clutch, you know, and you, and you don't have what to say, you just ask, is there a, is there a man? Is there a man? Is there, a, is there another man? making a claim that I do wrong. Yep, keep coming back to the same point. You never, ever, ever get away from your paperwork, ever. If they ask you, Mr. Mr. Schwartz, would you, would you like to recess uh, till 2 o'clock and get something to eat? We, we've been at this for three hours. What's your answer going to be? I don't understand uh, legalese or the customs of the legal society. I'm, this, uh, I'm a man. I'm a man before the court. Uh, I require the claimant to come. I didn't use the word claimant, but if I say the word claimant, am I putting it's, myself... It's not, it's, not the, it's not the claimant. It's the accuser. The accuser. Yeah, we're, you know, and, and get to the point. I'm here to settle a claim. Is there a man making a claim? So you, you don't talk about 2 o'clock. She says you want to come back at 2 o'clock. You, you don't get into that conversation. Okay, You have your own conversation. You are there for one fucking purpose only, and that's to face your accuser 
and, and to, to make the man whole that lays claim against you because you're a man of honor and you're there to settle the claim. End of story. There is no you, any discussion. How do you picture uh, how do you picture like the, the processes of uh, all the officers acting, man and woman? So they're still trying to proceed against the man or against the person uh, when you're when you're before the court. So there, a lot of times they're ignoring you or they're acting like they don't hear you, things like that. So at the end of the day, you uh, the appearance is that you're watching a proceeding take place where you believe almost that no one's hearing you. It's like uh, you feel like your point is not getting expressed. Even though if you said it and you wrote it, they treat you as though that uh, that nothing you said or wrote was was taken in. So, okay, so let me. How does how is the final court date end? As far as like when uh, do they finally concede, or do they pass you a piece of blank paper saying, you know, hey, just sign this thing with a fake signature or, or whatever, you know? Or how does it how does it uh, end? Do they do they back out gracefully, or I don't know. Or, or sometimes they so. just bring a they bring a ruling. Well, all, all I can tell you is, uh, you know. The, the the man who was uh, acting as judge, William, I believe his name was. Um, so William uh, was uh, overseeing the what they called a probable cause hearing. Some some states, some places call it. Um, well, so, you know, in, in some jurisdictions, it is called a preliminary hearing. So there's different you know terms that they use depending on which legalese system you're in. Or, or that you're, uh, you're, you're, you're facing here before. Uh, but they call it different. So, you know, I mean, these guys, you know, William said that there was probable cause, there was reason to send it uh, to a higher court for prosecution, for a grand jury indictment, and so on. That, that was what he found. Okay? And so I wrote a letter. It, it should be in there. Uh, I think Vital, when he, when he got the uh, case file, and Mike, I forget who got that case, who got a, a complete, a certified complete copy of the case file, but uh, it should be in there that I wrote to William and required him to provide me with the uh, the uh, conclusions of law and the findings of facts for the, you know, to support his 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 idea that there was probable cause. You know, so, uh, you know, so he that they, they, you know, he found that there was a reason to keep going. There was somebody else who had the bright idea that this was a you know this should just this should be dropped, you know, because I was making a claim against the chief of police for bearing false witness against me, you know, but I wasn't doing I wasn't my claim was not against the chief of police the person my claim was against David Mara, who who was the man acting as chief of police, okay, that he was bearing false witness against me, and you know they dropped the case. Uh, that man, William, moved the case over to, he sent it over to the Superior Court, and uh, then it landed on Dennis's desk, Dennis Hogan, the county prosecutor, and uh, Dennis is a really cool guy. I met Dennis five, six years ago uh, when he was campaigning, and, uh, you know, and I had all the, Dennis is the first guy I got a hold of when I got out of jail. So Dennis, you know, we've met in the past, you probably don't remember me, but this is what's going on, and I require uh, to talk with you when when this case 
comes to your desk, you know, when you get this. So I had already been in communication with, with, uh, with Dennis. So William took the paperwork. He found there was probable cause, and he sent it to Dennis. Dennis uh, already had before him my paperwork that said, when you bring this to the grand jury, I require it to be present and to be fully heard according to Article 14 of, the, of, of your New Hampshire Constitution. And uh, I required uh, the reason, and I told him the reason I uh, required to be present is I was going to prosecute David, the man who was bearing false witness against me. And, you know, so, you know, I, I think they saw that I had harmed no other man. There was no, you know, there was no big deal. There was no, uh, there was no injury, no loss. You know, there was nobody incurred a loss. You know, there was no damages whatsoever. And, they did the right thing. They just let it go. You know, why cause harm to a man that's done no wrong to any other man? And they, they let it go. I don't know if I answered your question. If I, if I was just talking to myself. I'm in the kitchen trying to get something to eat. <laughs> no, like you said, it's situational, and that's how your situation went. And uh, you told me, like, at the time, they didn't dismiss it that day, but it got forwarded over, and then they, they dropped it, you know, a number of days later. Yeah. So... Yeah, that, and yeah that the, uh, the county the county prosecutor Dennis, the man acting in that capacity, uh, he told me in a. Uh, I know I never spoke to him. Oh, he left me a message on my answering machine. He said that the case had been given; it was out of his hands, and that the case had been given to somebody else, another a, a woman that worked in his office, and. Uh, he left me that message, I think, on a Monday morning. Monday, Tuesday, something like that. I think it was a Monday morning. And then uh, two days later, I was, I think it was actually on a Thursday or Friday, because it was a few days later that uh, I got notification that the case had been dropped, and in that same week, the man acting as chief of police retired. Hold on. Um, well, I don't know, you know. I don't know if that had anything to do with me or if he was just retiring anyway. I'm not going to – I'm not trying to make a claim to fame or anything. I'm just – this is just what happened, okay? And, you know, I believe that uh, the system is set up and it's very, very functional. And, you know, when people do the right thing, I think everything works out great. And, you know, it, it's all based on honor clean hands, good faith, and when everybody does that and uh, nobody goes in, you know, like I didn't walk into the court with Excalibur, the sword of justice, you know, I'm going to bring common law into the court and, you know, watch the fuck out, you know, the man is here. I didn't have that attitude, you know. I, I just went in. Look, you know, I'm a man. I want to remain in honor. If somebody has something against me, I, you know, they have the right to be made whole, uh, and I want to, you know, settle the claim. That's that. Uh, I wasn't there to prove a point. I wasn't. I wasn't there to be an asshole. I just. I just wanted to move on with my life, and that's it. And I, and I think they saw that, and uh, and they just, you know, they saw that there was no man making a claim, and they let it go. You know, the ingredients to the cake were were good ingredients, and so the cake was made, and everybody enjoyed the results, and that was the end of that. Yeah. Got the perfect ingredients. So they ended up dismissing, or they discharged yours or they dismissed it? Uh, well, the, the, uh, I called the uh, bail bondsman 
to ask them. Uh, they actually called me up and said I failed to report for because uh, I was supposed to report every Friday. I was supposed to call in and let them know I was still in the state. So they called me up and said, hey, we didn't hear from you, you know, in a week. Um, what, you know, what's going on? And, uh, and I said, well, you know, they, they dropped the case. And they, they said, well, we don't have that. And so I had a discussion with the, with the lady at the office. And she looked it up, and she says, oh, yeah, it's here. I got it here. It says, it says the case has been discharged. But mm. I didn't get any official paperwork. I didn't get a copy of that. So I, I don't have any proof that it was discharged or dismissed. I, I don't have any, any verification of either. Well, I mean, mm. I've got verification that the – the case, you know, was, was, was dead. You know, I, I don't know what the court said. Um, I, I, I have the paperwork someplace, but uh, she told me that her paperwork said it was discharged. Mm-hmm. You want to move on to another notice? Yeah, I'll do this one here, notice of property. Okay. So uh, property notice regarding, so notice property regarding Quotes, case number, I, colon, man, semicolon, declare, comma, and then it's two points. So number one, my time, comma, creativity, comma, energy, comma, and other creator-endowed rights are the property of I. So the, the creator-endowed rights is like yeah, another... We'll get back to that. What's number two? Uh, so number two, I require compensation from any man or woman that does use or enjoy said property. And then uh, the same thing you always say, I say here and we'll verify in open court, that all herein be true. And then you sign and you put your thumbprint and you uh, put an address and care of on the bottom. Okay. So that's that. Two points on that one. Property. So what's, uh, what questions you got? Um, you know, I just don't have a question, but I looked up the word creativity. Uh, it's a good word to use. I thought in this instance, let me pull it, uh, me pull it right back up again and give you a good definition here. All right, creativity. Okay, a phenomenon whereby something new and something valuable is formed. So in my situation... I believe that my creativity uh, is that it is a uh, new. What, what happened is that something new was formed, and the new thing that was formed was, uh, you know, the mistake corrected, and there was there was a light brought about in to uh, the truth of the matter. The mistakes corrected, so now it's something new. There's no longer a, a contract. The contract was rescinded. There's something new, and uh, I created that. That's uh, that's my creation because I'm the the author of. And what do you do for work, Jesse? Uh, I just uh, I flip stuff on eBay, like, or not eBay, eBay and Craigslist, but like used cars, buy yeah. them, fix them, resell them. Do you have um, your own creative way of doing that? Yeah. Uh, who 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 owns that creative way of doing that thing? That's mine. My property. It's your property. And 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 why do you have this creativity in your head? Who put it there? It's creator endowed. 
uh, your time, uh, who's given you the time that you have in your life? You, you have a limited amount of time to live. Where does that come from? Greater in doubt. Uh, and, and, and do you have the right to your own time? I do. Right. How about your energy? How, yeah, when you're awake, when you're tired, how much strength you have throughout the day? Where does that all come from? Greater in doubt. All right. So you see the, the pattern, you know, the pattern that's set. So I had asked you today, which is what prompted this call in the first place, uh, you know, what are creative endowed rights? Why is that so important? And uh, that's something I had changed in your paperwork. I had I had put that that those three words, creator endowed right, in there. Why? Why did I put that in there? Why did I? Why did okay. I tell you that was important? Okay, that's uh, like similar to saying God-given rights, and uh, the the God-given or the creator endowed rights, you know, is important because it's uh, one, it's your property, and then also. It's uh, it's what makes you, it's what gives you your your power and your standing, uh, you know, as a man, you've got, you've got God, you know, then you've got yourself, uh, and then the man, you know, you're the, you're the man, and you uh, all, all those things are a reflection of of the capacity of man. Because why is so, that important? It's important. That uh, you retain it for for yourself, and it's not trespassed. Uh, who's who's trespass- that important to? A man that doesn't want to go to jail. <laughs> someone okay. that trespass on his property and take him somewhere against his will. Okay, so uh, um, you're dealing with you know you're dealing with Robert, the man who made a claim against you. I mean, the man who uh, put a statement in against you. Uh, is your welfare number one to Robert? Is that what he thinks about day in and day out? He doesn't. He thinks about his own self. Okay. Does he think about your kids first or his kids first? His kids. Does he think about your car or his car first? His car. All right. So everything is me, 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 me. I'm no different, okay? I didn't even know what you did for work, and we've been talking for two months. (laughs) right so uh creator endowed rights is okay when you put stuff into the paperwork that you're doing you're doing it for who who are you doing this paperwork for doing it for us for me for i no you're not doing it for you i'm not doing it for me isn't in my uh i do i do putting it in your case but you're not doing it for you if you do, if you did it for you, you you would write it up, and then you would look at it, and you'd say, "Man, I wrote some good shit. I love this stuff. I'm gonna write some more." That's not what you did. You 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 you, you uh-huh. write something up for who? You're, you're writing it for somebody else. You're somebody not writing else. it for you. You already know what you believe. You already know what you love. You already know your dreams, your aspirations, your goals, your desires in life. Okay, so yeah. you already know that stuff. So why are you writing it? You're writing somebody it for somebody else. Yeah, that's my right. time, my creative energy, all these things I'm doing, taking time here to uh, to keep coming back to this. So, so who are you doing it for? Who are you writing all this for? 
or the trial by jury for the, the people that would look at me on a jury. Okay, and, and uh, why is that important? Because ultimately, those are the people that are your, uh, you know, your safeguard. Those are the people that are going to be your judges, and you have to be able to relate to them. Okay. What else? Uh, who else am I writing it for? Or what? No, what, what else is important about the jury? Uh, the jury is, uh, well, the jury, uh, that's in one of my notices. You want me to get into that one? No, no, no. Stick to this right here. We'll, we'll, we'll finish this one first, this conversation. What's, why is the jury, what is the relevance of the jury? What, what part do they play uh, within the system of governance that is set up for the land that you live on? Yeah, the jury is my judge. Okay, but that's that's common law. But what yeah. what's the relevance of that? If if they decide against you, what happens? Then I'm burnt up. Then I got uh, I'm in trouble. Have consequences. For... Yep. And if they decide for you in your favor, there are no consequences. So they make the final determination as to what is and is not. Correct? Yeah. Correct. All right. How much authority do they have? Uh, the jury has the authority that a man gives them. Well, yeah, that's the system we have, the social contract or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, you know, how much authority? Okay, here's what I'm getting at. You have a jury. You have a man or a woman that sits as, as, as some kind of an administrator of a, of, a, of, a, of a hearing or proceeding, whatever they call it, and uh, as, as a man, you have a right to face your accuser and to be judged by your peers, okay? Not by a man or a woman that sits in a chair someplace who is part of a legal society. So uh, eventually... The only ones, the only uh, accountability you have on earth is, is to that jury who represents God. You know, other than that, you, you know, only God can judge you. So uh, when the jury makes a determination that you're guilty, not guilty, whatever's going on, you know, let's say they decide that, uh, you know, that you're guilty and uh, now there's going to be a sentencing hearing in 30 days or whatever, and you're not around, you're not available, or you decide you're going to lock yourself in a shack someplace up in the mountains, right? Uh, at what length will the govern the uh, I don't know what to call it the government, all right? You know, see see what here's what happens: the jury makes a determination, they decide. You know, thumbs up, thumbs down. And then the the magistrate sees and witnesses their decision. So the jury foreman writes up the decision. You know, we, the jury, find this man guilty. The judge, magistrate, whatever you want to call that guy, uh, he witnesses. The clerk witnesses, or a member of the clerk's staff is a witness to the event. So 
based on the testimony of two witnesses, a thing shall be established, that thing being the findings of the jury, and then the, uh, that thing gets sealed by the clerk with the seal of the court. Uh, and from there, it, it becomes executable. So who's going to execute the thing, which was witnessed by two witnesses, the clerk and the magistrate, who's going to execute that? It's either going to be the sheriff or the police or somebody that has authority to execute. And if they need help, you know, uh, if, if the sheriff is going to execute, which is what typically happens, the sheriff does most of the court's work, um, the, you know, if they need help, they're going to call for police backup. If that's not enough, they're going to call the National Guard. Okay? They will get the job done. You know, if they have to, they'll call the United Nations. I mean, there's, just, you know, there's an unlimited resource of power and strength behind the jury. And what people don't understand when they're moving a claim, they're trying to establish their own court, they don't realize you got no fucking authority. You're not going to get anywhere if you don't convince a jury that you're a man of honor and that they should support you. If you don't write in a way that they understand in a really, really simple way, but using everyday words, and you separate that stuff one little thing at a time into little bite-sized chunks so that you can take the first 12 people that walk out of Walmart and you can sit them down as your jury and you can explain to them from A to Z why they should support you and, uh, and give you the benefit of the National Guard, if necessary, to execute judgment on the wrongdoer. Okay, if you don't write for the jury, every single word you write, everything you do is to make sure that you are in honor, operating in clean hands at all times, because the jury is the only thing you got. Without that jury, you ain't got shit. And people really need to realize that. That's the, that's the point I was trying to get at. Jury, that's your, that's your safeguard. Yeah. So getting back to the creator-endowed rights, uh, what, what's the relevance of that in this current system of law? That, you know, in this current, uh, the, you know, the <laughs> I don't want to give it away. Why is creator-endowed rights, what does that do? What do those words do? They're not for you. They, you know, yeah, sure, they make you feel good, you know. You know, I'm endowed by my creator. But, you know, I have the right to comb my hair to the left. I have a right to blow my nose. I have the right to skip on one foot, okay, or to have a green lawnmower when everybody else's is red, okay, because it's my property. And, you know, it's great. It feels good to talk about that, but you're not writing that for you. You're writing it for them. You're writing it for the jury. You're writing it for, the, for, for them, the actors. And why... Um, to the actors, the only thing that gets to them is liability. Okay, they're not there for you. They don't care about you. They're there about whether or not their car was waxed, if it's got too much salt on it, if it's going to rust, if the kids got to school that morning on time. You know, does Johnny have a cold? You know, you know, vacations. You know, they're they're thinking about their own life. They ain't got time to be thinking about you and everything you're going through and everybody else that comes across their desk during the day. So how do you get their attention? You get their attention with liability. Okay, when you create liability for them, 
they become very alert and aware because it's going to affect them. And when it comes down to it, that's all they care about anyway. They're, they're not there for the personal satisfaction. They're there to get a freaking paycheck. I didn't hang drywall for 30 years for any kind of personal satisfaction. I did it because I wanted a paycheck. I wanted to have food for my kids and a place to live. And, and everybody's the same. And, and you've got to think about those other people whenever you write. The jury, those people, liability. So how is it that you create liability when you talk about creator-endowed rights? Yeah, that's, that's a, good, a good question right there. Creator yeah, that's a good question. We've been talking about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this property notice is something. Your creator and dollar rates. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're saying where does the liability come from by using that, liability? that lawful uh, catchphrase? Creator and dollar rates. Well, every man, every man has a creator endowed rights. So so what? My time, my creativity, my energy. All these things are Okay, but how does that translate into liability? Well, if if your rights are trespassed on if if you're including all your rights, all your God given rights and you're saying that you require compensation for any man or woman that uh, does use or enjoy those rights, you're creating a situation of liability if they trespass on any any possible meaning that could be interpreted as uh, your your rights or your property. It's real broad. Hey, I'm going to give you the answer. I just pulled it up. I'm going to read it for you, okay? All right. All right. In Congress, July 4, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. And this is, uh, if you go to archive.gov forward slash exhibits forward slash charters forward slash declaration underscore transcript dot HTML. Uh, oh, you know what? I can put it into the chat. Hey, there you go. So now you can read along. Uh, it says, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume, okay, assume to take on full responsibility among the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, okay, who entitles them? That's right. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind, so they're respecting other man's opinion, but remaining in honor, acting in good faith, requires that they should declare, not, not make an affidavit, declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So this is a declaration made by man to the rest of the world. Okay, basically, this is a public notice. The Declaration of Independence is a public notice given to everybody so everybody knows what's going on. So what is it that they wanted to say? Okay, we hold these truths to be self-evident, so obvious that you can't possibly fucking deny that this exists. So self-evident, 
that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. And it goes on from there. And you really should read it. I've read it three or four times, you know, uh, probably more than that. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really good, and you really should read it. And, you know, kids should know this. They, they really should have a good understanding of this stuff uh, long before they're, you know, they're adults. Yeah, true. Uh, so what it says here is that it is self-evident that we have creator endowed rights, okay, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. We have creator endowed rights, among which are these, you know, uh, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, among, which means there's a whole shitload more. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. So everything I talk about is about that, okay? Mm-hmm. In your notice, Okay, you, you have, uh, you know, my time, creativity, energy, and other creator-endowed rights are the property of I. So this is my shit, and if you want it, if you want to use my property, my time, you know, you want me to go, p- you know, pick you a bale of cotton, no problem. You know, but you're going to compensate me for my property. You know, I'm going to, I'll trade you my property for your property. You, know, you give me something, it's all contract. It's all, it's all back and forth, offer, counter-offer, negotiations, considerations. So this is the foundation of government, and it, it's self-evident that this is how it works. Okay? You can't steal another man's time. You can't steal another man's energy. You can't just put a gun to his head and say, do jumping jacks, asshole, because I like to watch people do jumping jacks. Okay, that's, that's, that's causing man loss. You're, you're taking his time away from him. You're causing him stress. You're causing him injury to his soul. Okay, there's, there's um, actually that's harm. But uh, that's why when you put it into your paperwork, the liability that you create when you, when you write creator endowed rights is they, their paperwork, okay, the Declaration of Independence, that document which they believe uh, is the foundation of their, you know, their existence, says so. It's not yeah. because I say it. It's not because it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. It's because they say so. Okay, it's their stuff. And so when you, whenever you put their stuff in their face and say, look, this is, you know, the, the purpose of your existence is to secure the rights of man. Right? So I'm a man, and I'm in court, and I'm here to remain in honor. I'm here in good faith. You know, to do the right thing, and you exist to secure the rights of man. So bring that man forward. I want to know who this guy is that you guys are all here for, because you're you're not here on my behalf. I didn't ask you to be here. Somebody else asked you to be here. Who's that guy? Who's that man that says I do wrong? Because you exist to secure that man's rights. So bring that man forward that I may make him whole and move on with my life. See how it all wraps together? Yeah, that's an important point. That's the that's the basis for the habeas corpus, right? To bring the body forward or bring the man forward? Habeas corpus is, yeah, you have the right to face your accuser. You have a right, uh, you know, and it, it, and it can be taken in different contexts, okay, depending on where you put it. 
the body of the case. Okay, the the body of the case can be the paperwork, it can be the man itself, it could be the accuser. But you know, you have the right to have everything present in court at that time when you're there. You know, all the paperwork, all the accusers, all the witnesses. You know, that's the entire body of the case. All right, what's your next notice? All right, I'm going to step these, uh, these lights. It's about to change. Hold on one second. <laughs> You're on the road? Yeah, I'm just driving. I'm going to pick my wife up from work. All right, I'm going to read this. I'll, I'll read it out. Uh, the next one I see here is uh, notice accuser. Okay. Uh, you know, they're, they're written the same way as your other ones. Notice, uh, colon, accuser, regarding case number, uh, that case number being in quotes. I, I colon man, semicolon, declare comma. It's got the it's got point one, two, three, four. The first is I have the right to face my accuser and to give answer for myself. We've got uh, Acts 23 to 26. And then number two, I know of no man or woman that does lay claim of wrongdoing against I. Number three, let any woman who claims I do wrong come forward or forever hold his peace. Uh, that should have been his or her peace. Or yeah, their peace. His can be taken in both if you're... Can it if you uh if you say man or woman before it? Well, it, it can in their stuff. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's no big deal. If uh if if no man number four if no man lay claim if no man it says it says woman you know W O with the man after it. So woman is uh, the W O is square bracket. If no woman lay claim against I I require. Uh, the, the case number here is in quotes, so that's uh, you know I require this hieroglyphic be forthwith discharged. I say here and we'll verify in open court that all here and be true. Let's get your name on it, um, thumbprint. So this is. Uh, is there anything on here you wanted to go go over? Uh, I, can on I that speak? particular. Go ahead. Could I speak? Who's speaking? Well, I've been listening, and I've expected Declaration of Independence to be improved upon. The last part of it there. The government, at the end of the government, when government means govern. Yeah, you're... You're breaking up pretty bad. Uh, let me uh, finish this conversation with Jesse, and uh, if we've got time, we'll talk about uh, some other stuff. Yeah, Gus, you were just saying. Uh, uh, you asked me if there's anything else about that notice about the accuser. Well, one thing I see here it says uh, C X 23 to 26. Uh, how come you didn't put that in, in uh, as an exhibit? Uh, why didn't I put the, the quote from the Book of Acts as an exhibit? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I could put that as an exhibit. 
I know why I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I think you got this from my old paperwork. Uh, the reason I didn't do it is because uh, it's self-evident. That's the foundations of government. Okay? If I say see the book of Acts, you better know how to find that. You, you don't need me to quote it for you because you're supposed to be working according, uh, you know, the original yeah. charters, the uh, the study guide page on my on my uh, Redress for Dummies website. The study guide page has that red book, and if you click on the red book, it'll open up, and you can read there uh, how uh, the charters, the laws of the general court created by the general court, we're supposed to be according to the mind of God as revealed in his word. And so there, that's, that's you creating liability, you letting them know that you have the right to face your accuser and, you know, uh, check this out. You, know, you can see my rights. My rights are secured in, in the book of Acts from 23 to 26. That's why I did it. I didn't know why you did it that way. Yeah. It's a good point because uh, when you quote the Bible, I know a lot of times people uh, don't even bother. You don't have to put CF or anything like that as well because the Bible being self-evident, it's yours. It's not. It's uh, something that everybody shares together as a self-evident piece of uh, foundational, you know, documents that formed all law. So, like you're saying, a lot of those things are, are backed up by uh, the original charters yeah. and other. Yeah. Another. Yeah. So your CF is, is not only do I believe it, but you believe it. Look at your court decision. Look at this. Look at that. Uh, obviously, you believe the same thing. And uh, that's kind of a tough call. I don't like to do the CF because uh, you're, you're quoting legalese and saying, not only do I believe it in English, you believe it in legalese. And somehow you're supposed to be understanding what they're saying. So I don't like the CF. However, uh, the, the, the cool thing about the Book of Acts is in, in, in this country, I don't know about other countries, but you know, in every jail cell, uh, there's supposed to be a, a, a Bible. In every hotel room, they put Bibles. You know, I don't know, you know if everybody does it. It's not the law, but um, you know, the, the, the one book you absolutely have the right to have uh, wherever you are is the Bible. And so there's no reason for you to to put a CF in there when, you know, hey, Bob, check out the book of Acts. It's right there on your desk, isn't it, Bob? <laughs> Does yeah. I know how important it is to you? <laughs> yeah. And for any, for any of uh, people out there that might be, you know, if you think that uh, some of these people are honorable people, and they're just looking at, uh, for a man to step up and do the right thing and, and uh, be a man. And um, on a certain level, you know, if, if you know and you're going about your business as a man, uh, you should be knowing the Bible too. And you should be knowing all the, the foundations of, uh, of the law and, and how things come to pass. So I think there could be, a, you know, a respect a respect given to people who are sincere in their in their, uh, their desire to not harm others or cause damage to others, and they're just trying to be left alone. Otherwise, good people. They're, they're, they're not being left alone. Left is the other side of right. Let alone. Let alone. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, I know of no man laying, no man or woman that does lay claim of wrongdoing against I, which is kind of a repeat of what you said in your uh, notice to rescind, uh, or whatever that one was called. Uh, but any man claims wrong, come forward. All right. So you're calling the man forward. Uh, all right. The next notice you've got is uh, your notice of a, of a quarter record. You've got quarter record with a single quote on each end. Uh, that, that, that tells me that you're you're describing it as a term and uh, as a single expression. And then um, you've got I man declare I require with a single quote quarter record and. Again, in single quotes, the uh, trial by jury. So you, you get those two expressions there. And then you got uh, C exhibit A. And then I stay here and we'll verify it open court that I'll hear and be true. So when I go down to your exhibit A, uh, you've got what makes a court of record. So, uh, so I'm I believe. Defining, I'm defining oh, what I. Go ahead. Yeah, just to make a point about your Exhibit A, you're putting the Exhibit A on there uh, for the court of record so that you specifically define the uh, court of record because otherwise they could uh, presume that you mean uh, just a, a different type of court of record that is just recording, but it's not a court of record. So that's why it's important to, to define your court of record definition. Yeah, keep don't 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 stop now. I'm in, I'm back in the kitchen getting a bowl of rice. Keep going. <laughs> All right. So uh, the exhibit A, I'm just about to turn around this corner and I can I can read it. Hold on here. Oh, I can read it. I'll read it for you. What else? Uh, uh, well, one of us will get to it. I'll be done here in a second. I believe a quarter record must meet the following criteria. This is exhibit A. And then there's five points. Uh, generally has a seal. So just by the seal, you mean uh, there's going to be something stamped. There's going to be uh, something that's stamped afterwards by a witness or a clerk. Uh, number two, power to fine or imprison for contempt. Number three, uh, keeps a record of the proceedings. Number four, uh, proceeding according to the common law, not statutes or codes. And then number five has to do with uh, the tribunal. And it says, I believe a judge is a magistrate and is not the tribunal. I believe the tribunal is either the man, the man, semicolon, prosecutor, in quotes, or the fully empowered volunteer jury. So that uh, that definition of court of record is what you uh, should know when you're requiring a court of record. Where did you, uh, you get that information? Uh, I got that information from, from you, from you teaching me. I gave you a link. 
<laughs> I gave you mm-hmm. a link to Bill Thornton's website. Remember the red pill, the blue pill? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we did that a few days ago. Yeah. All right. And then uh, the next notice, did, did you have something you wanted to talk about with that one? Okay, this is uh, the court record. So, okay, any any one of these things, I can uh, I can always go back and speak on my paperwork if if I'm in if I'm feeling pressured to speak or or make a response for myself. But uh, I would just say that like because I've given a notice that I require 48 hours to respond, I would probably just advise that if anybody gives a a notice that you require, you know, time to to reply, record in writing. That uh, if they try to ask you any questions, that you that you stand on that. Because uh, you can you can you can address the court, you can speak to the at the court, or you can speak, you know, but you can't. You don't want to ever answer questions for uh, when you're over there and these these people, persons are asking you questions, because. Uh, there, it's the same way a king would deal with, uh, you know, people that are under the king. The king addresses them, but he doesn't answer to them. So picture uh, picture like a group of children or, you know, juveniles, and they're over here complaining or they're talking about something going on and on, and then they're trying to question you, like, for whatever reason, you could see how teenagers could be challenging an adult or something. But uh, but ultimately, the the elder or the king that uh, that's that's you know in control and has composure. He he doesn't address and an, he doesn't answer their all their tedious questions. He just addresses them according to the way that he views the circumstances around him. So uh, I guess that's his one point. And then, yeah, did you have any questions about that? Uh, I, I just wanted you to have a chance to air out because you you had a lot of questions today about you know can you do this and what about that and all all sorts of stuff that you're you're you know running I got your mind. I got a question. I think a lot of people want to know this question: Is that when when you're in uh in the court, like say it's for something where you feel like they might be trying to put you in jail, whether it's a contempt or a sentencing hearing or or something along those lines or whatever. And uh, say you get to the point now where uh, you thought you did well, you know, but uh, it's the end of the the hearing, or you feel like the thing is about to be over with, and you see that they're like, they're uh, you find yourself in the position now where they they're coming to take you into custody, and you you feel like whatever you did was not uh, didn't work, or whatever, you know. Now they're putting you, they might be putting their hands on you as they're as they're placing you in custody, things like that. Is there anything that uh, you would advise a man to to speak on at that point or to, uh, you know, yeah, to I, I, I'd say get your ass back here. This hearing's not over. I'm a man, and you're here on behalf of another man. Bring that guy forward. Put him on the stand or discharge the case, one or the other. I'm not coming back here. You invited me to a party. I showed up. Where's the party? So they're taking you off and they're trying to move you away. And then you get into some some area where they're telling you, 
this is the sentence she just because uh, because I know they can conduct their court and try to intimidate you all the way. They can, they can hold you in contempt. The same. So if you go in there the with a hat, for instance, you know they'll say take off the hat, and if you uh, if, if you play games with them, they'll 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 just find you in contempt. Okay, I mean, Gus, like you remember the other day when I went, I went to court and they were dealing with the bail hearing, just the bail hearing, and that was uh, trying to change the bail conditions. And so when I went there at the, at the end of the day, I did what I did, they did what they did, and then we left the room, and then uh, I walked downstairs, and uh, the the man that was acting as a public defender was offering me like a contract to sign for a new bail, so that I, they could put these restrictions, and then. I was asking him, okay, uh, you know, what is this? I don't understand. What happens if I don't sign this? And then he explained that, that uh, they would put a warrant out and sheriffs would come. And I said, oh, when they come, would they come take the paper from me uh, if I had signed it? And then they're like, he's like, no, they'd come arrest you and blah, blah, blah. So so uh, I remember, so at the time I remember talking about how, you know, in that situation they put a, a bond or a bail contract in front of me that they wanted me to sign. And I could have just started crossing off parts that I didn't want and adding things to it and crossing off the defendant name and or, or different things. <laughs> well, now, then, now that you have a better understanding of contracts, you probably you probably would have done that. <laughs> yeah. So at, at the same time, I believe if they want to uh, sentence somebody, you know, they they or do a probation or whatever. They are. They're probably going to come to you and try to trick you and say, "Okay, we're we're going to work with you, or we're going to do this." Or they might say, "Yep, you're in jail now. It didn't work. Now we want you to sign this." Uh, blah blah blah. So they're offering you that contract again. Do they have to when when they're putting you in order? Like for instance, if someone orders you to jail, like in the situation where you're going for uh, sentencing or contempt. Yeah. For one. Uh, I believe they'd be making an order saying, I order so-and-so, the defendant, to go to jail for wah, 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 this long. Um, so I believe there's an order. But then is there anything, is there like a contract that they offer you to say, hey, you agree to agree to go to jail? Like the way that they say agree to be on bond or bail, do they offer you something saying, hey, agree to go in jail, sign this now, uh, agree to agree to check yeah. in? As well, that's, I mean, if they want your signature, there's, there's no time since you've been an adult where you put ink on paper, you signed your name, where uh, you weren't committing yourself to a contract. You know, it's all a contract. There's no reason for you to sign your name except the contract. Yeah, and if you don't sign it, and then they, they just hold you there for a while, try to play games with you. Oh, here's the deal, okay? There's supposed to be there's an offer, and there's consideration offered. You know, for, you know, if you do this, we'll give you this. You know, and then you say, well, I'll tell you what. You know, I'll do it, but I also want pancakes every Tuesday morning. Delivered to the house. Well, no, mm-hmm. we, we, we can't do that. We, we don't have a pancake delivery service. And you say, okay, well, so, you know, so that was their counteroffer. Uh, and they're saying, no, we can't do this. So they need to come back. If they don't come back with a counteroffer, then, then, you know, they're the ones who killed the negotiations, not you. So they have to give you a counteroffer. And, and you say, well, that's cool, but, uh, you know, I'll accept that as long as I get ice cream, as long as I, you know, 
I, I need a, uh, a a soft to semi soft pillow uh, if I'm going to go stay at your place because because uh, I can't sleep on a hard pillow. So I'm going to add that clause. No, no, no. You can't add or change anything. Oh, so you're telling me that uh, if I don't do what you tell me to do, that um, you know I'm screwed. You know, that you, you, you're telling me I have no choice. You're going to do bad things to me if I don't agree to your contract. You know, isn't that extortion, Bob? Yeah. We're we're supposed to be negotiating here. This is supposed to be an agreement. We're supposed to have a meeting of the minds. Okay, you know, I, I know you like soft pillows, ice cream, and pancakes, and uh, why would you deny me those things? I want a pony. You want a what? I want a pony. I've seen a lot of people out there want, want a pony. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. but you can cross off. It's, it's obviously pancakes would be the last thing on your mind. You would, you, would, uh, you could put whatever. Not me. Not me, man. I, I was in jail for two years. Fuck, I want pancakes. I want pancakes. I want Cheerios. I want ice cream. You know how many fucking yeah. hot dogs and, and wilted vegetables I ate? I want some real food. I want a soft pillow. I want a mattress. Sleeping on a steel bedpan is not my idea of, of a comfort in. Yeah, but the first thing you'd be crossing off of there is that anything that said go to jail. That's my I'm point. I'm not crossing off anything. I'm not crossing off anything. You want me to do this? I require compensation, $1,000 a day. I require a soft pillow. I require ice cream. You know, I require a trip to the library every day. I require it to go to the circus whenever it comes to town. You know, I'm going to just make a whole list of stuff. It's a freaking contract. I can write yeah. whatever I want. I'm negotiating. I like it. You could say you require to be released on all... They can say, well, if you want to go to the circus, we're going to need you to perform some duties in the kitchen. And you can say, okay, great. I'll cook my own pancakes, you know, in, in exchange for my trip to the circus every every two or three months. It's all negotiations. It's all it's, it's called an agreement. An agreement has elements, okay, offer, counteroffer, consideration, meeting of the minds. You know, these are all part of the contract. You know, it's an unconscionable contract. If you don't have that stuff, okay? Another word for that is extortion. Ultimately, though, you don't want to go to jail. So you're going to, you're going to offer, you're going to require something in the contract that's have, more, more than pancakes. <laughs> You've got, um, that is a contract, okay? And if you refuse to sign it because it doesn't, because you don't accept it, you know, they are offering and you're not accepting. But if you don't accept, then you are dishonored. So what you can do is you can say, you know, I accept as long as I get ice cream. I accept, uh, but not with that particular thing in there. It's negotiations, okay? That's the proper form of a contract, okay? That's common law. Contracts are common law, okay? If, if you look at the, uh, the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, it says, you know, in that, in that document, that any obligations that existed before the Constitution shall remain. Why? Because you can't fucking nullify that stuff. It's contract. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 2 of the U.S. Constitution says that no state shall impair, shall, no state shall make laws which impair the obligations of contract. So if you've got a contract with your girl 
you know, that she's going to make you pancakes every morning, and she and you agree in return that you're going to bring her ice cream on Thursday nights, and uh, they lock you up. They're interfering with your obligations under that contract. No, that's yeah. a violation. They can't do that. Yeah, you were you were explaining that before about I think dealing with uh, potential custody matters and how you could have a contract with somebody uh, regarding your property, your your boy, your creation, or your girl. And then if you uh, if you had you know had your property contracted with another man or woman, that they couldn't try to withhold your property from you as a way of, uh, you know, not allowing you to fulfill your contractual obligations with the man and woman. So that, that you were saying, I think, before, that's another way to deal with uh, those type of issues. But it, it is another way. You know, and, and that's where you're creating liability in their world. And, and, and so it's not so much that you're using their stuff, uh, you know, CF and all that stuff, but... You know, if uh, if a man says to you, if Bob or, or Susie Q acting as magistrate, hearings officer, whatever, if they say, uh, this is what you're going to do, and you say, well, that's going to interfere with my obligations uh, to a contract that I have to uh, bring a woman ice cream on Thursday night. I, I, can't, I can't get into that. You know, that doesn't work for me. Well, that's it. End of story. They can't violate your, your rights to contract. You've already got a contract in existence, and they cannot make a law, which is what they're doing from the bench. When they write that order, okay, they're creating a law in this case, which pertains only to this case, about what shall be and not be, and they're trying to apply that to you, and they're interfering with the obligations of a contract. Is that, a, is that like a way that you would you know, kind of refine if you're going to do an appearance through paper or uh, or try to uh, to not uh, deal with these people at all? Well, you, you know, uh, I don't see anything in here that says you appear only as a man or you're before the court only as a man and that you refuse the title of defendant and all that stuff. You, you've got it in there. You've got similar language. But, yeah, you can do it. You can just put notices in, notices in, notices in, and the reason you want them really simple uh, and, and have lots of them, but very, very simple and nothing extra, don't overload, you know, just put what you have to put in. And if you have to put in 12, you put in 12. If you've got to put 23, you do 23. But you keep them simple so that uh, if you ever get before a jury and you have to bring one of these notices forward, it's going to have one sentence on it. Now, you don't have to, you don't have to explain the whole thing. To the jury, it says it right there. Any man that lays a hand on me shall be uh, shall compensate me for, for damages. That's it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hold liable any man that, that's, uh, you know, what do you call that? Assault? Uh, battery. It's battery. Assault is when they threaten to do it. Battery is when they actually lay a hand on you. All right. So that's, uh, that came up because I was looking at your, the, uh, you have a notice here that says your right to be let alone. Yeah. You get that one in front of you? Yeah, yeah. You want me to, uh, I can read that one? Yeah, go ahead. Read that one. All right. Uh, same thing. Notice, call in, right to be let alone regarding 
quote case number. I colon man semicolon declare comma three points. I require to be let alone. Number two, I do not consent to any man or woman touching I or my person. And then number three, I will hold liability. Uh, I will hold li- liable any woman or man that does interfere with my right to be let alone. And then uh, I'll be signed it the same way. I say here and will verify in open court that I'll hear and be true. Jesse, comma, or Jesse, semicolon rather, man, signature thumbprint going through it, address on the bottom right. Okay. So, yeah, you're right to be let alone. This one is is important because this creates liability in case any man or woman uh, feels like they want to put their hands on you and uh, take you and move you around or put you somewhere. You're creating liability, so they've been given notice about that. Now, can you explain the difference between uh, actually, so obviously you couldn't serve every single man or woman in the sheriff, in the bailiffs in the sheriff's department to prevent every single man or woman from putting their hands on you. You know, that would be unrealistic to just find every man or woman's name and serve every one of them. So oh, you, you don't you don't have to have them served, okay? This is a notice, right, to be let alone. So, you know, if you don't want anybody touching you, you, you print, you know, 10 or 20 of these things, and whenever anybody wants, you know, when you see somebody making eye contact with you and coming towards you, hand them a piece of paper. It says, notice, right, right to be let alone. Don't lay your hands on me. Don't touch yeah. I or my person. Yeah, I did that when I went into court the last time and the bailiffs, the bailiff man kept wanting to talk to me at different times and tell me to wait. And, uh, you know, there was a man acting as an attorney without my consent. He was trying to speak to me. And then there was another woman that I didn't look at. She came in there and was trying to call my, call the name that they were calling me by. And then uh, when it, when there was the occasion that I would give eye contact to one of them and give them my attention, I would just hand them a notice. Uh, you know, just, it was like a notice of standing or whatever notices I have. I think it was mostly the notice of standing that I am man, you know, I am man declare I am before the court. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're making headway. You're heading, you're heading for the for the touchdown, and you got somebody who's coming to block you. you got somebody who's about to take you out. He's going he's gonna to take your legs out from under you. And what do you do? You put you oh. put you put your defense in. You put in the notice. You yeah, you, know, you bam, right there. Here you go. Seven. I think I'm gonna have a whole bunch. I'm gonna have a whole packet ready tomorrow. There's gonna be there's like eight notices here, but I'll probably have a whole packet. While well, just hand out packets to people. Like I like you see how those guys come by your house. Oh, okay. Don't hand Not out packets. Me. You know this is what I'm talking to you about the uh, the jury. You know. If you hand the jury 30 different items, they're going to be all confused and befuzzled and won't be able to make sense of anything. You want to give whoever you're giving it to, give them only, only the number one thing you want them to focus on. All right. Okay, if you're talking about some court security guy, you know, uh, don't be giving him, you know, your, your notice of your right to be compensated for your property. He doesn't give a shit. 
Uh, he cares about one thing. He cares about his own ass. That's all he cares about. It's always liability. So you give them, you give that man notice that, uh, you know, you will hold somebody liable if they use your property, if they touch your person, if they, whatever it is you want to tell them. But don't give them a package of stuff. They're going to throw that in the garbage. All right. You want to just give them the, the, the most important thing that you're addressing them. Well, whatever. I mean, you might, you know, the the, uh, the man, the reason you're putting all these notices in, these notices, you know, the, the difference between a notice and a judicial notice is a judicial notice is, is for the judiciary. Okay, a notice is something that's that's for man, for mankind. Okay, Martin Luther went to the church in Europe and he gave notice of of his beliefs and posted them on the church door. He didn't give it specifically to the church. He did, he gave it to mankind. The Declaration of Independence was a notice. It was a declaration made by man to the whole world. All right, it, it, it wasn't a judicial notice. They weren't letting. It wasn't a dentistry or a neurosurgeon's notice, okay? It was notice. That's it. It applies to everybody. And so when you put it into the court, you're putting notice into the public record. Now, you could do the same thing. If they didn't want to take it, if, you know, if they don't want to bring your notices into the public and put it on the public record, you know, if you were stuck, if you had no other way, you can go and file them down at the county recorder's office in the land records where other property is recorded. And you can record your property, your paperwork, into that land record, get a certified copy of that, and then go back to the court and say, I've got something here from the public land records to put on your public record. It's already in the public now. You have to accept it. I didn't tell you all that stuff. That's <laughs> You're going, going hard. Uh, I haven't gotten into that stuff in a long time. But, you know, that, that's why they don't want stuff is they don't want it in the public. So what you do is you go put it into the public someplace else, and then you bring it back in and say, hey, it's already on the public, on the public record. You know, it's already in your system. Hey, you know, that's a good point about that. I wanted to bring that up. You were telling me earlier that I shouldn't get into into this with them as far as uh, going after the man that acted as an officer and, and robbed me of my property and, and such? All right. Right now, I would be, you know, you'd go to a sentencing hearing tomorrow. Don't mix it up. Don't give them any reason. You know, what you want to do is you want to, you know, you're going to be facing the bear, and you want to let the bear know that you do not want his honey. You don't want his food. You don't want nothing. Okay, you want to be let alone, you want to go about your day, and that's it. And you part ways, and you have respect for each other, and let it be. Don't be sitting there slapping the bear in the face and saying, hey, man, I'm walking out of here. What do you got to say? You know, don't be doing that shit. Let that no. shit rest. No, I'm saying that, what I'm saying about it is that in these criminal complaints that are public record, that I have yeah. a copy of, for instance, in this, in this uh, public record complaint, it's, uh, it says something about, you know, it identifies the man, Jesse, and it says uh, that this man was saying that uh, the thing that they were trying to take from me, that I kept calling it my property. 
And uh, they, they kept repeating that over and over, that he refused to accept our definition and that he was insistent that that was his property. And then, then they proceeded to talk about how they trespassed on the property and, and so on and so forth. So what I'm saying is that that's a, that's a public record. Now, now I'm in there, but uh, that's a public record of a man that was acting as an officer who made a report where he was claiming that I was claiming property, right? So on one hand, I see there's a, there's a liability there. But does that serve as an appropriate document for me to come back later and say, hey, look, this, on this public document, uh, it says that Jesse Spork did claim this property. And then uh, I could go back later and, and use that and say, hey, now I, uh, I require the restoration of, of the property. Yeah, later. Later is the key word. After yeah. you're not in jail. After yeah, you're yeah. still a free man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that document... <laughs> Because cause I didn't actually, you see it, Gus. Because I didn't actually, I said it, but I was being quoted. You know, I was being quoted. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's, it's great. I think it's yeah. Like I told you, I'm not going to help you get your kid back. Okay, you guys mm-hmm. need to figure that stuff out. I just think you're a cool guy, and I don't think you've harmed any men, and I don't think you should be, you know, going to going to jail over you know some you know technical crap that they're trying to pull on you you know, extortion or whatever. And so, you know, but when it comes to the restoration of your property, you know, I, there's a lot of really cool people, you know, that uh, that don't have their kids. And, you know, it's too much effort. It's too much work for me to read all that stuff and to pay attention to everybody else's life. And I mean, that's why I put my website together to give yeah. people the basics to start with. But at, at some point, you know, I hope people get together and, uh, and 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 start working together on on these kinds of things, but you know, I just I ain't got the time, and uh, it's a lot of responsibility to make sure. You know, the reason I'm not helping you with your case or anybody else with their case, you know, regarding kids, is uh, I'm not willing to read through a a certified complete copy of the case file to find out what's actually going on. And then, you know, to, to help somebody from there to understand what's going on, especially somebody who hasn't done a whole lot of reading. You know, I've helped people in the past. Uh, I remember Audra. You know, I helped her. She studied. She studied. And I was, you know, I helped her with stuff. And eventually, uh, you know, she didn't have what it took to carry it through because she was getting too much help. And you've got to, you know, I don't know where she's at today, but, you know, I've had this experience over and over again with David when David's truck got taken. I helped him out, you know, and, and he got to court and didn't know what to do because he didn't do his own writing. And the reason I've been busting your balls for two months is because when you get to court tomorrow, it's all you, man. You've done all this. You've done all the research. You've done all the reading. You've done all the writing. You're going to be able to carry it. And uh, to, to, um, to, to help somebody else, with their stuff, I can't do it. I, I can't take the responsibility of, of trying to figure out what's going to happen to little Johnny's life if I interfere with that court and what's already happening. You know, as a parent, uh, I hope you find other parents that are willing to work with you, and you guys can all look out for each other, but you don't help nobody until you see the case file. 
until you know why that kid's not in their in their presence to begin with. And I'm not saying you're a bad guy. I'm just saying I'm not going to put the energy into figuring it out. Yeah, that goes for anybody. You gotta, you gotta. That's a personal thing that uh, you can give guidance, but you have to really know what you're doing before you help people deal with, uh, you know, their their children or their property like that. Because there's a uh, that's really affecting people. You know, you don't want to. I, I, I told you. I told you at the beginning. I'm I'm willing to help you. Uh, can, you know, be able to fight. You can't fight if you're in jail. So, you know, I'll help you. I'll help you stay free, and you know, and, and then you can learn the rest by yourself. Yeah, man, I'm trying. You're doing great, man. You're doing fantastic. You've got a lot of studying. You know, and 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 the reason you're as strong as you are is, be, you know, I know is because I haven't given it to you. You know, I didn't handicap you by giving you the stuff. When, whenever you were looking for it, I busted your balls like Carl does with me. Got to seek, seek, and you shall find, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, what's uh? Do you have anything else on this? Let your right to be let alone. Is there something else on there you wanted to talk about? Uh no. I I understand. I understand that how that works. And I understand uh, if I have to invoke that right, I can start saying that. You know, if anybody's trying to put their hands on me, I can start speaking about what I gave notice to. Okay. So what's, uh, do you have any other notices? Um, I think that, I think that was all the notices. Was that eight of them? No, that was seven. All right, hold on. Court of record. Hold on one second. Yeah, the court of record. That alone. Oh, the last one is uh. The last one is uh forgiveness. So the forgiveness notice is important, I believe, because from what I understand, forgiveness notice is a way of being honorable, and it's also allowing them a way out. So you're giving them a way to back out honorably. So the forgiveness notice notice starts out the same way I, colon, man, colon, declare, comma, and then uh, I am before court to settle all claims. That's point one. And then point two, I wish to be forgiven in the same way I would forgive any wrongdoer who did trespass against I. So uh, that's the forgiveness notice. It's short and sweet. It's filed as a separate notice. And uh, you're just trying to uh, establish that... Uh, Basically, you're you're honorable by offering forgiveness and seeking forgiveness, and you're also the, the first part about obviously you're there to settle all claims. Uh, but this is a uh, this also just gives them a way, gives the other side a way to kind of back out without without feeling like they're going to be liable. They're you know they so know you're, you're willing to you're willing to settle all claims. Uh, because you're you're seeking forgiveness. 
yeah, I'm willing to settle all claims. I'm seeking forgiveness. I'm, I'm looking to give forgiveness. I'm here to settle all claims. So what's not honorable about that? Anybody would uh, look at anybody would look at that and say uh, that seems pretty honorable. The guy's trying to settle. He's willing to forgive. He, he's looking to be forgiven. You can't find any dishonor there. So that that also could be uh, some some person or some man or woman could also you know modify that and put the, put something in one of their notices about I I wish to remain in honor. So that's also like another just another aspect of uh, what you're doing. It's like you said earlier, the under the underlining message of what you're really trying to emphasize is that you uh, you wish to remain in honor. You wish to settle any claims. You know, you require the man or woman to come forward so you can settle any claims or to settle any uh, accusations. The accuser to come forward, the man or the woman. So, yeah, ultimately that's what you're, uh, you got to have a mantra. You got to have something that you you know for sure while you're there, you know. And every uh, man or woman that's in the situation has to know if, if they're truly didn't do any wrong, or even if they did do wrong, if you're there honorably, then you know why you're there. You're there to settle any any uh, any controversy, any claim that any man or woman has against you. And uh, if they're talking about anything else, you just uh, you don't understand. Because what what else is there to understand other than a man being honorable and trying to settle all any claim. If they're acting like they're talking about something else, you can take that as a as almost a contempt to, towards you because they're they're uh, it's not maybe contempt in their court, but it shows you that they're not acting honorably. And then uh, it should just reaffirm your own position that you're there to act honorably. And uh, you, you keep keep going back and forth with that. Just keep remembering that you're there to be honorable. And you gotta keep your composure. You don't want to uh, just start answering real quickly or emotional. Or if you see things, you maybe you feel like you're being ignored. You still just have to. There's a there's a very important aspect about silence and being able to know when to choose silence and how that can help. Oh, the uh, yeah. No, I won't, I won't get into that. <clears throat> Uh, all right, so do you have any questions about uh, anything else? Is there something else you wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, if anything goes wrong tomorrow, I hope you, hope you can uh, answer the phone. What time is your hearing? Uh, it's at 245. 2.45? Uh, yeah. uh I might be. I might answer the phone, but uh, not a whole lot I can do about it. Yeah, you, you've got. Uh, I, I think you've got your bases covered. You know how to write your own stuff. You know, if you end up on the inside, um, you know you can write your way out. Yeah, I know it's it's a it's a sick it's a sick one. I hope I don't have to go down that road and then everybody acts honorably. Well, uh, you, you want to be humble. Don't be going in there wielding the sword of justice like you know, like King Arthur, and you're gonna set the record straight, man. Don't don't go in there with that attitude. Yeah. Just be a humble man. Go in there looking to settle the claims. Let them know you made a mistake, and uh, that you 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 wish to have uh, 
you know, you, you you're withdrawing the plea. You're, you're withdrawing your your agreement because you, um, you you made a mistake, and you require any man making a claim to come forward. Hey, Gus, that's a, another question I'll ask you if it gets to the final part of it. So let's just say people are not honorable, and then they uh, they decide, oh, they play the game whereby they they say they didn't see any notices and uh, and so on and so forth. Oh, I got it right here. Let me read it for you. <laughs> You have you got you got your notices into the court? Did you do that today? Yeah. You got court stamps on them? Uh, yep, I got stamps on them. All right. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, uh, scan those, take pictures of them, and get them out to the people that you rely on to give you help. You know, make make sure that stuff's out there. So if it disappears, uh, you're not the only one who's got a copy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So the liability is is resting in these documents I got here, and then uh, and then actually trying to hold the liability. So the the whole thing is these documents set forth the you know my my coming at the hearing or, or whatever they want to call it. So if uh, if anything if anything they they know that they're liable, but if they want to continue to play on a certain level and do uh, you know not act honorably. Then the liability comes for each man or woman that violated or not violated, but uh, that's not the right word, but uh, trespassed against uh, the notices that a man gave them. So then interfering with your rights. Yeah, uh, each and then ultimately I have to go make a claim. What if they offer you an agreement tomorrow? What if they say uh, this is what we find? You know, you know the you you know the for instance if the Woman or the man who's who's acting in the capacity of a magistrate, a judge, or whatever capacity they're in, says, uh, you know, you know, their their conclusion is that Jesse chose not to participate, and the court finds blah blah blah, and uh, and, and says that uh, you know, if you sign here, uh, you can go home tonight. If you don't sign here, you go to jail. What are you going to do that? Uh, that's a good question because I didn't do an extortion notice, but uh, I, would, I could probably uh, say well, you put a notice that says that you require compensation for your time. So if you want, you know, this, this, you, you're giving me an offer, a contract, and you're you're offering me some kind of consideration, some kind of benefit, and I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to negotiate. I want ice cream, pancakes. I want to go to the circus. Yeah. Once again, it's like we were saying earlier. If they put that contract in front of you, any uh, any agreement, then you just give them something back that is, is according to whatever you. Desire. Yeah, the benefit's not. I'm, I'm sorry, the benefit's not good enough. I, you know, I need you to. I need you to agree to the ice cream part. Yeah, more more than the ice cream. Well, whatever you know, you're a man. You you you, know, you don't have to agree to anything that you don't want to agree to. It's totally voluntary. If it's not voluntary, it's extortion. You guys open? Dang, Culver's just closed, Gus. I'm just driving through Culver's uh, drive-thru. They just closed on me right before I got that ice cream cone.
right, so uh, so if you're offered a contract tomorrow, uh, who who's going to pay the bill? If there's an order, I'll be happy to complete the order. You know, somebody's going to need to compensate. I, I require the order in writing. That's all the same stuff. It's always the same stuff, over and over and over again. Now, I've already given that notice about my time and my creativity. So if there's anything dealing with uh, an offer, on one hand, I've already given notice of, uh, of my time. So the fact that I'm even there dealing with this issue is... Uh, is almost like the, the opening of that contract. If they if they offer me a contract or anything, then they're actually trying to almost uh, take me up on the offer that I've, I've told them that I wish to be compensated for my time. Okay. In any case, well, if you you're going to be home on a bet, we've already got two and a half hours into this. Um, I mean, if, if you've got Actually, uh, I'll tell you what. If you, if somebody else, uh, there's two people here with their hands up. Let me take some questions and stick around, Jesse, and we'll see what uh, what these guys. Yeah, have. go ahead. I'll just be here. I'm driving. All right. Put it on mute for a second. All right. I just unmuted uh, Washington D.C. and and Kev. Uh, either one of you guys that are ready to talk, go ahead and speak up. I think D.C. was first. Okay. DC, you ready to go? Hello? Hey, Kev, sit out for a minute. Sure thing, no problem. Thank you. Hello? Hello. I recognize the Declaration of Independence. It's a little bit of an improvement there at the end. Because what? It needs a little bit of improvement at the end because the governed are the self-governing. Yeah. We are self-governing. The word govern means govern over the mind. And I control my own mind. I don't want anybody else interfering with my mind. Okay. I mean, we were created as a republic with self-government. Oh, it's, you know, I, wasn't cre- I wasn't created as a republic. I was created a man. And the only purpose of me bringing up those documents is to show what they believe, what they think, and, you know, the foundations of their government. I'm self-governing. I don't care about their stuff. But if they're going to act towards me in any particular way, which is inconsistent with what the foundations of their governance is, then, uh, you know, I'm going to hold them liable. Well, I think the terminology is very important. I love that um, Chelsea case because it really says it perfectly that we're here as joint tenants in common. Which uh, which case? It's, um, let me, I'll quote it to you just a minute. Okay. And while, while you're looking for that, let me uh, remind everybody that uh, the, uh, the, the the case that, uh, that talks about beliefs, we, we've talked a lot about beliefs tonight. And uh, the U.S. Constitution, Bill of Rights, Article 1, is where beliefs are secured. Uh, also at Article 9, where, where it states that anything uh, not given up is retained, you know, that, that, that a man has access to all the, 
all the common law that ever existed to begin with. But uh, the Supreme Court case that Carl used to talk about was West Virginia State Board of Education versus Barnett, 319 uh, U.S. 624. It's a 1943 case, and the pertinent part is uh, it's on page uh, 642. It says, uh, if there is any fixed star in a constitutional constellation, that it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe, okay, which means to write up, shall prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or any other matters of opinion, okay? What's an opinion? It's what you believe. Or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. So uh, if I believe one thing and you believe in something else, I cannot create any law which causes you to act according to my belief. And then uh, if, if it finishes off with, if there are any circumstances which permit an exception, they do not occur to us now. I would recommend everybody read that uh, West Virginia State Board of Education case versus Barnett, 319 uh, U.S. 624. The quote is on page 642. And uh, the entire case is extremely well written to give you a head knowledge of um, of rights and, and 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 the way the Supreme Court views the rights of man because that's what belief is. So that's found you know the, your right to your religious freedom, which is uh, where it says that no uh, the uh, oh what's the declaration not the uh, Bill of Rights. Um, that's the first one. Oh, it talks about uh, respecting any establishment of, of, of religion. Okay, the, the the government shall not uh, respect any establishment of religion. They shall they shall not favor one man's opinion over another, and that's why beliefs are so important. In the New Hampshire Constitution, it's Article 4, which talks about the, uh, the rights of conscience. Article 4 of the New Hampshire Constitution says, among the natural rights, some are, in their very nature, unalienable because no equivalent can be given or received for them. So it's not even possible to contract these things away. Of this kind are the rights of conscience. So... Uh, of this kind, which means there's a whole lot more rights that cannot be contracted away because nothing can be received for them. So they're not even negotiable. And so your right to believe what you will is, is not negotiable. That can't be taken away from you. Uh, did you find that, uh, that quote you were looking for? The case? Yeah, the only word in it I don't like, Chelsea versus Georgia. Got to Chism. do with Chisholm versus Georgia, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I have huge lineage. I mean, I'm, I have ancestors that were so, many of them were involved in the revolution. It's just outstanding. Okay. Well, what's the... Uh, it says the sovereignty... Yeah. In the revolution, the sovereignty d devolved on the people, and they are truly the sovereigns of the country, but they are sovereigns without subjects with none to govern but themselves. 
Okay. Americans are equal as fellow, they call them citizens, I don't like that word. Americans are equal as fellows and as joint tenants in the sovereignty. Okay. So, they, so, so essentially they have the right to self-governance the same way a bird or an ant or a giraffe has the right to self-govern. Which is really the manifestation of the golden rule, God's golden rule, which is a yep. good rule because it's recognized in every language on this planet. I mean, it's just like every language has got a version of the golden rule. Okay. Which I really like. I, absolutely. Did you have any questions? Well, I'm having a lot of trouble because I'm the, I am the one of the family, unfortunately, that has been designated the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> and I am not kidding you. I can prove it. Okay, but what's, what, your, what's your question? Pardon? What's your, I've been on for, I've been talking for, you know, three hours I'm, now. I'm trying to get my Subaru back that was stolen from me first and then probably get back tons of other things that have been stolen from me. Okay. But, I mean, I'm sitting in a wildlife pullover area, minding my own business, get cop assaulted, chased and trapped in a game to kill me, which is repetitive exactly in form and style as what happened to me in 2001 when I was on foot and they tried to kill me. And, I mean, it's just like, where do I go to get any truth, anybody to hear me and get a little bit of support? Because the juries can be so packed. I mean, because the guys yeah, that take the money right. off the trust fund. I mean, I was an ass for them, right. by the way. Listen, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what's your name? Oh, just call me Aware. Let's just use that, okay? Aware? Okay. Good. Yeah. How about if I call you Susie? Pardon? Can I call you Sue? Soup. No, Sue, like Marie. You know, can just, just give me, I don't care what name you give me. <laughs> I don't want to uh, call you aware. Well, that's what I've come to be because I've learned everything the freaking hard way. All right, well, here, here's, here's your answer, okay? We have Skype groups. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Skype. My name is Gus, G-U-S. Dot Breton, B-R-E-T-O-N. You can find now, me... Slow down. I'm writing this down. Start over, please. Okay. Gus dot Breton, B-R-E-T-O-N. G-U-S dot yeah. B-R-E-A-T-O-N. B-R-E-T-O-N. I haven't heard that. I have to report here. B-R-E-A-T-O-N. Hold on, hold on. It, it's a lot easier. If you go on the Internet and you look for redressfordummies.org, the word redress, the numeral four, and then dummies, redressfordummies.org. If you go there, you'll see my website. And uh, if you go to the About tab, it says About Gus, About Carl, About Mo. It talks about the different people, about Craig Lynch, uh, so if you click on, on, on my tab, you'll see my email, my Skype information, my contact information, and throughout that website, 
is a lot of really basic information, you know, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about tonight. So explore that, that website and you'll find everything you need. And uh, once you get a hold of me on Skype, and uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask whoever gets a hold of me, Facebook, Skype, it doesn't matter. I ask them the same question you should ask anybody that first contacts you is who are you to me or how do you know me? And, you know, I want to know that you're not some, you know, just some, you know, some random person that's trying to get my attention. I want to know who you are. So if you say, well, I've been following common law and I want to uh, uh, connect with you, I say, great. And I'm going to, I'm going to accept your, your contact request and I'm going to put you in the calm in law room with all, with about 250 other people who are, a lot of them are brand new. And so you can make connections, you can talk. There's other talk shows like this where people get together more regularly. I don't do mine very often, but, uh, you know, they get together more regularly and that information is on my website. It's also uh, in the groups, in the Skype groups that you, uh, once you meet these other people, you can connect with them. They have groups that talk about nothing but property taxes, other groups that talk about nothing but uh family law, you know, so that they have these different pockets of people. And, uh, you know, like Marie was telling me this week, she's going to start her own group. And, uh, you know, and I told her groups of five to seven are really effective because, it, you know, once you get more than that, it starts to resemble a, a chat session where people are just bitching and moaning about their stuff. And uh, it's, it's, it's great when you have a, a, a small core of people, three, four, five people, that are, are uh, determined to come to a resolution and study the same thing. So get, go to my website, redressfordummies.org, or R, the, the, the letter R, like Rudolph, the number four, and then D, uh, dummies, okay, r4d.info. That's the short link. But you can go there and you can get a hold of me and, uh, and I'll put you on there. There's other people on Skype. If, if you guys are, uh, if you guys don't mind somebody getting a hold of you, put your Skype information. I don't know what Skype is. I don't know how to use it. I went for, oh. I went for 15 years without a phone. I mean, I was run down on the pedestrian right away. I just was closing on 50 million bucks within less than 24 hours after getting a nine-page fax. I was run over in the back, and I was run over on purpose. I, and I, I tried ma'am, years. ma'am, ma'am. I understand, but I don't have time to, you know, I don't mean to sound so insensitive, but I've been on the phone for, for, for three hours. Uh, I'll be lucky to get five. I'll be lucky to get five bucks for this. Uh, I, I did a call two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And uh, other than Michael, who sends me five bucks every week. Anyway, he's been sending me 15 lately. Uh, thank you very much, Michael. I really appreciate it. Uh, but there's nobody else that's ever sent me a consistent, you know, two dollars every week to say thank you. Not even, not even consistently every month. So well, I'm giving up my time. Money? I mean, I don't have any money at all. You've got a cup of coffee, okay? And 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 you don't have to. There's other people that got a ton of money, okay? That they own five or six properties, and they're getting this information for free, and they're not being considerate of the people that don't have any money, and so. Uh, I'm, I'm going to move on, but that's my contact information. You can find it online, and I'll put you in touch with a whole bunch of other people. 
I put my website out there so that uh, I don't have to answer a bunch of questions. And uh, Janine, you're upset about what I just said. <laughs> Thank you for the mangoes. I appreciate those. May I say something? Ninety uh, percent of what you've been talking about, I've already tried and I've been ignored. Okay, we'll get the other ten percent. I mean, I've done everything. I've got four college degrees. I've written up a who's in the world. I mean, I'm not totally dumb. I've been. Yeah, you're the you're the you're the woman that's actually living out of the car. Is that correct? And you rang Carl a couple of weeks ago, and the young guy that was actually speaking to you started questioning your sanity instead of asking about the case at hand and you got up and, and you hung up. Is that correct? I believe you're correct, Janine. Thank you. you know, nobody wants to help me. Everybody wants to hurt me because I'm the sacrifice. Is Janine correct, ma'am? Is Janine correct? Did you call a couple of uh, weeks ago, week and a half ago? Because I'm not one of the, I'm not one of the, Germans that want to destroy America. Ma'am, 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 that's not what I asked. Ma'am, that's not what I asked. I asked, did you call a couple weeks ago and ask for help and you got upset and you hung up the phone? Well, because he started telling me that I... I understand. I understand. And when they came after me, I started screaming, what are you doing? What are you doing? Trying to get to the curb. I I didn't bring it on to my... Ma'am, ma'am... Ma'am, excuse me, but but um, that that guy got a dressing down after you hung up because he wasn't he wasn't actually talking. Um, he went right out of your case altogether and wasn't standing by the case. Now, as I understand it, you were at an intersection and you got hit from behind. Is that correct? Pardon me. As I understand it, your case was. You had been living out of a car. You no, had no, stopped. No, no, no. No, but no. you had stopped at an intersection. Did you stop at an intersection and someone hit you from behind? No, no, no. No, that oh. wasn't you. No, uh-uh. no. I was pulled over in a wildlife management area out in the country. I was just sitting there watching wildlife. It was just past dark. These people that have done this to me before came up and started harassing me. I left, and they had entrapped me. And it was pre-set up. There's no doubt doubt about it because I could have moved five directions, and they accelerated. They trapped me. They tried to push push me off a cliff. Made me roll over. Hold on, ma'am. Hold on, hold on. Is this... uh, I don't want to get into the details of anybody's case. I want to keep things uh, standard, you know, the, the basics, the foundations. And, uh, you know, there's a reason we have Skype groups, and I really want uh, people to go and, and get help at those Skype groups. So you've got that information. Uh, are you going to be able to get a hold of somebody online? Are you going to be able to contact me through my email? There's somebody interfering with my. I tried to send a document to do two different people, and they're interfering with my Yahoo. I mean, just 
have a really hard time getting emails. I, I don't. I I can't help you out because I've got too much stuff going on. I've got people I've already committed to. I I don't have enough time. I got up yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon, and I didn't go to bed till I, I think it was one o'clock. It might have been noon this, this uh, today. Uh, so I, I was up, you know, basically 24 hours working on other people's stuff. I don't, I just don't have time to help anybody else. And so well, I do my own paperwork, but I mean, I like hearing that, your that's third fine, but, but That's fine, but you, if if you want help from somebody else. Uh, I need to put you in touch with those other people, or you need to be in touch with other people that can help you out some way. Uh, you need to make that connection. And so you got my website address, redressfordummies.org, and when you go there, look me up. It, you'll see a, a button that says About Gus. Click on that. You'll see my email, my Skype information. Gusfreedom.org. Uh, redressfordummies.org. Yep. Yeah, get a, get a hold of me there and, and learn how to use Skype because that's where we all work. That's where you're going to get the most amount of work, I mean the most amount of help, and where, I'll, put you in, where, I'll put you in touch. Where do you work? Uh, Skype. Skype is the uh, software we use to communicate. I see. Some are, you know, there's, all, there's, there's Facebook uh, groups. If you prefer Facebook, Facebook. That's you can CIA. Just, uh, I won't touch that. Well, that's that's fine, but I'm just letting you know, uh, you know, the, if you want help, you need to contact other people. And right now, the only information you've got for contact is me. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't like to be the guy, you know, that 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 that's stuck uh, in the middle. But there's nobody else coming forward to saying, hey, just get a hold of me. Here's my phone number. So if you're out there and and you want to be the middle person that people can contact, I'd, I'd love to stick your name on the website. And uh, and people can just call you up, <laughs> and uh, and you can teach them how to use their Skype and get them on, get them going. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, ma'am. Uh, feel free to stick around. But uh, Kevin had some questions, and I wanted to get back to talking about uh, the stuff that Jesse's doing. Hey, Kev. Uh, um, just unmute yeah. yourself. Can, I did. You're all set. There you go. I, I, I feel kind of silly over here about this, Um I feel like James and I both heard this woman a week and a half ago, maybe a week ago, but that's apples and oranges and we'll just move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I've been listening to you and following you for 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 quite a while, and I I just wanted to say, God bless to you for the help that you've been giving to that man. And I think you use his well, you use the term Jess. Is that his name? Is Jess still on the phone? Yeah, uh, Jess is still on. Yeah, yeah, I'm on there. Got right, Jess. Jess, I just wanna. There you go. Um, I'm really proud of you for what you're going to endure tomorrow. And I've listened to a lot of Gus's shows, and I don't recall ever hearing a prayer on Gus's show. Do you believe in prayer? 
I definitely believe in prayer. Would you mind if I said a little prayer for you for tomorrow? Not at all. That's the other problem with this. This is your show. Oh, no, go ahead. Awesome. Thank you. Everybody else, uh, everybody else can mute out for a second. That'd be great. Yeah, this, this won't take long. Father, I pray of you to place your hands on my brother's shoulder, Jess, who tomorrow is going to walk into a hornet's nest. His belief is strong. His conviction of you is strong. And I ask of you to have a power over his paperwork that the court in his jurisdiction has never seen before. I ask of you to place a warm, confident feeling within him so that when he stands and walks through those doors, he knows that you're beside him. And I ask of this of you for testament, your power and your strength, so that all of us can hear a great outcome at the end of this. In your son's name, Jesus, I pray that this goes forward coolly, calmly, and strongly within what you desire to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. More truth, more love. God rastify. Hey, Jess, I think all the hard work you did is going to pay off. You know, I was, I was just listening to you guys earlier today, and I listened to what what Gus was telling you, and and his little he gave you some tricky questions, man, and you were like spot on. And Gus, God bless you, bud. And you uh, admitted how much time and effort you put into this. For that, you'll be rewarded. Amen. I don't. I don't I don't I don't think Jeff that you have really too much to worry about tomorrow. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm just gonna say as long as you walk in and you understand the prayer you just heard and what was bestowed upon you, that this is gonna be simply a man walking through a door and then a metal detector and then into another set of rooms with people that are they're they make believe and smoke and mirrors. And you're just going to stand upon your words. That's all you have to do. Just just don't get off of your words. What you wrote were your words. That was from you. That was from your belief. That was from your conviction. Many times in this call tonight, Gus kept asking you, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And you know exactly where it's coming from. That was why I raised. That was why I raised my hand. That was why I said, "Hey, you know what? I, I know if prayer doesn't, it don't hurt." But I want to. I want to hear you. I want to hear you on the phone. I, maybe Gus can 
throw in a, a special clip tomorrow. I, I'm thinking everything is going to go really cool. I'm thinking that they're just going to have a really hard time wrapping their minds around what's going on. And your case is going to go down the same way his did. And if that is the case, and if that is what happens, and if you do walk out, and if you do have your weight lifted off your shoulders because yeah. our father created that and he allowed that to happen, then yep. please do please do contact Gus. And Gus, please do have a show tomorrow if you can, if that's possible. If your, your schedule's not conflicting like that, because that, this would be awesome for everybody that's on this call right now at around the same time, tune in and, and you know, get onto the talk show and see that, oh, wait, there's a show. Oh, man, shit, this might be Jess, you know? And we yeah. can all hear we can all hear about the wonders I'll, of... Well, uh, the next time we do a show, maybe next week. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. All right. Uh, well, that that'd be cool. I mean, I think by that time, Jess will have a time to do a couple of cartwheels and backflips, and you know, yeah. yeah I mean, I've got the the man the man Paul from Tennessee has been on calls. Uh, uh, somebody needs to mute out. Okay. Yeah, sorry, that's me. There we go. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, the the man Paul that uh, from Tennessee. Uh, I'm meeting with him tomorrow, so I'm going to be busy during the day. I've got, you know, I, I've got my own. I got, I got two traffic cases, an IRS case, and a, a personal uh, claim that I need to to work on. Hey, uh, Gus, I haven't Jeff, done any of that stuff. So Gus, uh, before, I'm, what's up? I was just going to say, I, I, you know what I mean. Uh, Jess and I both understand that, you know, how helpful you are. I understand. I know he no, understands. I, so, and I will. I, I've got no problem doing that. I just don't think it's going to be tomorrow. Um, if I have right. time, I'll do it over the weekend. Uh, it, but I wanted to address you know, There's uh, just 59 talking about you know a great man doesn't look to get paid for for benefiting society and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It, you know, it, it, I got hundreds and hundreds of downloads, and uh, if somebody gave me a nickel for each download, I'd be happy with that. Uh, it's not that I'm looking for great wealth. I, I'm just looking for somebody. You know, the reason I went to work every day is because my boss appreciated me. And how did I know that? Because he, he gave me a paycheck. You know, so I, I'm, you know, I've been working. I mean, you guys know Jess uh, didn't learn all this stuff in a month by himself. I've been drilling him and drilling him and drilling him. We've been working on language and punctuation and grammar and, and how to think and all this stuff. He's been studying his ass off, and I've done the same thing with a bunch of other people. And, uh, you know. That's your, your PayPal is on your website, right? What's that? Your PayPal is on your website, correct? Yeah, my PayPal is on my website, you know. Okay. It's no different than Carl. I mean, Carl gets thousands and thousands I, of downloads a week, you know. Okay, we, we don't have to tell anybody what, what anybody else does. But I'm just letting you know right now, tonight, what you did tonight for him, what I listened to tonight from you helping him, you got a donation. It, 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 it'll be there. So I'll send you a donation. Appreciate it. No, no, no. You don't, you don't have to thank me. Thank you. I thank you. I thank you for helping. Okay? Yeah, we appreciate everybody it. Else, every, everybody else here 
that, that's hearing this and stuff, the next week when you have your show, then you can say on your show, hey, guess what? Yep, I got a donation from Kev. Yep, he followed through. He he said what he said. He did what he did. And Jess, as for you, bud, I'm praying for you, my brother. I can't wait to hear. I, I know. I know I'm going to hear from you next week. I know this is going to be okay. That's my belief. We got good things in the future. Amen. That's it. That's all I have, Gus. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off this right now because I gotta punch in a couple of digits in PayPal and hook you <laughs> up, bud. Thank you. Thank you, Gus. Thank you, no, thank you, Gus. Thank you for doing this. This is awesome what you're doing. Yeah, we, sure. we, Jesse and I are having a really good conversation today, and I thought, man, you know, other people need to hear this because this is our, our yeah. the, the level, the level of our conversation has really built up. You know, well over the over the last couple of months, and and uh, it turned out to be a, a good call. You know, it, it's very yeah, it showed. It, it was it was obvious. It showed. I mean, the, your little trick questions that you threw in there. I mean, he like yeah, he, <laughs> he wasn't he's like, he wasn't far yeah, for no, he wasn't no, not at all. You know what I mean? And 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 us, I don't want to say everybody, but in general, the population doesn't understand, and they're going to fall for it. And if you fall for it, then it kind of throws you off of everything you, sure. Jess, everything you wrote in paper and what you're standing by. A sandwich? Um, very good. Change on me. I don't know. Uh, somebody's, uh, Jess, hey, Jess, you're, uh, hold on. Anyway, Gus, I just wanted to say thank you very much. You're very, very helpful. That was a very... Very nice thing you've done. The work you've put in with him, I, I, I believe that this that this is going to happen. I believe that tomorrow he's going to wake up and he's going to he's going to feel his shoulders not as heavy, not as worried. Just don't don't you know, don't just walk in as a man, dude. Just do it. You got this. Yeah, I, I, I listen. I listen to you. I listened to you for the last two and a half hours, but you got this. Your paperwork uh, is in. Your, your everything is tight, you know, and and God isn't going to put anything upon you that you can't handle. As long as you realize that and you know that to be true, you're going to walk in there just like, you know, you're just going to walk in there as a man and you're just going to deal with what comes down. And next week, I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to hear your voice again, and you know, we're all going to have a little fucking Nice time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for being on the, on the call, man. Appreciate it. There's uh, there's a there's a man from Ontario. Well, a man or woman. There's a uh, Northwest Ontario that's got their hand up. Uh, Go ahead. If you're all set, Kev. Yep. Yep. I'm all set. Thank you, Gus. I'm gonna I'm gonna PayPal you, but I, I got you. You're hooked up. No, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Go ahead, uh, Northwest Ontario. Hi there, Gus. Thanks a lot uh, for having your show tonight. Yeah. I came, in, I came in late, so I don't know if this question is uh, out of bounds or not. It was. Uh, I listened to Angela's last show. I don't know if you heard it. No. No, Kurt Collin back? No. No? I was just wondering if you had or not. He he, uh, he brought up uh, kind of the, the waiver to the, how would I say, the, 
the association of the uh, kind of the straw man, what you know, basically wavering out of the system, you know, kind of thing. So I was just wondering if you had heard it anyway. But Greg was on there and he mentioned something about metal, you know, man, uh, man's metal. Yeah. And it made me think about uh, real money, um, the gold and silver. Again, you know, it's mentioned in the Bible and all of that. And uh, I wonder, for the sake of property, if you could, in the notice, uh, mention that you value your property. Uh, uh, it, my my property is worth X number of ounces of gold or gold coin or something like that, silver coin. And uh, uh, I, I, I prefer to be vague. Right. You know, in your paperwork, if you're too specific, then you box yourself in. For instance, if you look at the Second Amendment, where it says that uh, you know, your, your right to bear arms shall not be infringed, it doesn't say you have the right to do this and the right to do this and the right to do that. It doesn't itemize. It says, it says don't fuck with this. Leave this alone. That's it. My right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Fuck off. Don't touch me. And, and when, you, when you get too specific about your paperwork, you're creating all these open doors uh, what if you want to get paid uh, not in gold or silver? What if you want to get paid in, in purple basketballs? Mm-hmm. You know, what if tomorrow morning you find out that there's a, you know, there's a run on purple basketballs and you want to get paid purple, purple basketballs? Okay, mm-hmm. don't limit yourself to uh, the, the more you put into the paperwork, the less effective it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the reason I asked this is because last time I heard, I think it was your last show, uh, there was a gentleman trying to save his child, uh, his uh, property from vaccination. Yeah. It, and, uh, you know, the idea that really bothered me is is uh, having that child subjected to somebody forcing a vaccine on her in the first place. You know, the whole idea of, of uh, sure. even chancing penetration, so to speak, you know, that, yeah. that really, really bothers. Breaching the breaching the enclosure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was just trying to, you know, kind of figure that out. Uh, something well, short and sweet, in three lines. Yeah. For instance, you know, uh, they've got his kit, so he can say, you know, while you are using and enjoying my property, uh, I require compensation of ten dollars an hour. $240 a day. And however, uh, if you use my property to paint fences, then I require $25 an hour. You can put a specific clause over and above. You can become more specific that way. But uh, you want to make sure you don't limit yourself with mm. with anything extra that you put in there. Yeah. No, it's just the idea, like like I say, not even like there's no no way I would want to take a chance to have my my child vaccinated. I wouldn't even want to have the needle around, knowing what I know about uh, vaccines. I, I understand, but it's not about uh, the vaccination, or it's not about any specific issue. It's about the words and mm-hmm. the concepts and the precepts and the way that you write and the way that you present. You know, everything you put on that piece of paper is going to um, the the see you you have no authority. You can say and do all you wish, 
but no man has to listen to you. No man has to do what you think should be done. And if you want another man to uh, to, to do this, to, to do what you wish, then you're either going to compensate that man or you're going to get the jury to find in your favor and then execute judgment on that man and force him to do what you want. But, you know, the only real authority you have over another man is that jury because with that jury comes the sheriff, the police department, the National Guard, the United Nations, okay? Everything is behind that jury. So when you do your paperwork, you got to remember that uh, that jury is everything. And if you put stuff in there that causes the jury to look at your paperwork, like this guy is a weirdo. You know, he's not one of us. You know, we're not, we shouldn't be supporting this guy. Who knows what kind of weird, weird crap he's involved with. And, and that's why you want to keep your paperwork as clean and simple as possible because without that jury, you've got nothing. And if you give them any reason to believe that you're not just like them, they're, you know, they're, they're going to just flush you down the toilet. They're, they're going to say goodbye. They're going to go back to whatever they were doing before you showed up. So the um, something kind of preemptive, though, like uh, uh, I, I – by adding my belief that uh, uh, vaccination or any any penetration of any kind uh, could be hazardous to my property or something like that. that you, you just you just simply I mean is if you breach the enclosure, I will seek twenty five hundred dollars uh, compensation. Mm. You know for for any breach of the enclosure, and I will seek. Uh, you know, I see compensation of $2,500 for any breach of the enclosure and $10 an hour uh, pending the restoration of property, which is forever because you're never, you're never going to get that stuff out of their system. That's it. So there's the initial trespass. There's the continuing trespass, $2,500, $10 an hour. That's, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much. But, you know, yeah, and that way you keep it, you keep it vague. And it doesn't get too complex. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's nothing to argue because it's it, it's it's all right there. It's, you know, you get the initial, and you get the continued, and that's it. You have any other questions? Well, oh, you know, a thousand questions. I got my own stuff too, but uh, you know, that's it, okay. Oh, um, anyway, if I if I go to your website and I put in and I, you know your 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 email or whatever, Skype, because uh, I'd like to get into a Skype group, something with relation to, uh, you know, I have uh, two years ago I got in a bunch of hoo-ha with uh, the gendarmes and uh, I ended up uh jail and, you know, all this other stuff and I got uh, tickets and fines and, and what else, uh, seven demerit points on their license. I just want to, uh, Kevin uh, from Hawaii helped uh, really well last week. But I need to polish up a letter to uh, the man acting as uh, magistrate or judge, uh, sure. saying, you know, I want to, uh, you know, please forgive me. I want to pay my debt to society. Uh, you know, I'm having this benefit has become a, a, a burden. You know, please help me out. Sure, get, get a hold of me on my website, redressfordummies.org. So, so that would be okay, something like that. Okay. Yeah, if you. If you go to my website, you'll see on my about page, you'll see mm-hmm. my email, which mm-hmm. I don't use, okay? If you send me an email, 
I'm going to give you a link to my Skype. Not a link, but a, I'll give you my contact information and, and ask yeah. you to talk to me there uh, because I want to put you in touch with other people that will help you out. Yep. You know, I just don't have time to get to work with everybody that contacts me. You so know, you've been you pretty, the, pretty busy. Yeah, well, you get the website, you know, that will give you all the basic stuff. You know, uh, it, it gives you all the contact information for Mike's show, for Carl's show. You got, uh, if you click on the About Carl tab uh, and you click on, you know, Meet Carl, it'll take you right to his website. He's got his documents page with all his documents there, his notices that he put in. And uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of uh, your resources from, from my website. Just to tell. It's just a place to start where you can meet other people. And if you get on Skype, I'll hook you up. You know, everybody that contacts me on Skype, I put them into the, the uh, common law room where they can meet other people. And from there, they can just move along. You know? they, they, they don't have to rely on me for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, thank you. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to ask again, but you know, this stuff from Colin Beck, I don't know if you've ever listened to his stuff, but uh, he, uh, I don't know, it, it's some bizarre stuff, and I'd sure like... Uh, know if there was some way of getting a rebuttal on that one. Oh, what, what did he say? Well, basically, you know, the, I know Carl has talked about you know, the, the Sestui KV Trust, the, was it 1666, right? The salvage claim, if you don't claim your, your estate after seven years, the estate goes sure. to, you know, all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, Colin Beck uh, feels that he has... Come, you know, gotten a solution to that in the form of a waiver, uh, kind of a, a strangely worded waiver, but it yeah, makes but sense what, to me. What's he trying to accomplish? Basically, destroying the presumption that we are, uh, you know, ghosts. You know, kind of uh, the dead entity that uh, that is uh, brought into court uh, to act as the. Uh, the, the trustee to uh, an estate that was created in sort of in our name uh, through the birth certificate. Okay, so, so the easiest way to rebut that presumption is to put a notice into the court that says, I, man, am before this court, alive and direct, to settle all claims before the court. That's it, well, his, end of the story. Right. Yeah, well, it's, his solution... Uh, I, sorry. Yeah, but his solution is complex. You know, and the reason people make shit complex is so that you have to call them up, the guru, the man with the answers, and get all this. You know, you have to ask them. You know, is it like this? Is it like this? Do I use a, a you know, a colon, a semicolon, a punctuation thing? You know, you know that stuff's important. But you know, do, do I talk about this part of the Sesquicue Trust? And what about the Magna Carta? And how does that fit in? And what about the Constitution? And can I use biblical stuff? You know, make it real simple. I'm a man, you know, and so I put a notice into the court. I, I, man, declare that I am alive and I am direct before the court to, uh, I would never put that notice in, but if you want to rebut the presumption that you're a dead entity, just, just, just say so. Declare yeah. it. And if no man comes forward to rebut your, uh, your claim, then you know to, to to verify otherwise then that your your declaration stands in truth in that case yeah well the the end result of this waiver uh from what he believes is that it puts you how would i say 
you know, the, the, supposedly this this estate was worth a certain amount or whatever. You know, well, in, in 1933, and all this stuff, and uh, your your debts are paid. You know, kind of thing. It's a weird, hey, yeah, weird, yeah. weird he's thing. Trying, he's trying to use the uh, yeah the 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 the, the, the decedent's estate, like Patrick Devine and uh, Clarence. Uh, what's, it, what's that other guy, Clarence? Yeah, you know, there's a bunch of people that want to tap that account. That's, you know, that account was created by them. Okay, they took your birth record from the hospital. I know in Manchester, New Hampshire, the hospitals turn their birth records over to the Department of Vital Statistics, and they get $6,000 a piece for them. And then Vital Statistics creates a person, a fictitious person, uh, you know, with with your with the same spelling and all that stuff. They create that person, and then they uh, do whatever they do. You know, they, they do. Yeah, yeah. But that's not make, that's make, not me. It's not my person. Game. Yeah. I didn't create it, and it's got nothing to do with me. I don't have the right to access that. That's not mine. Yeah. Well, it it, it was it was an interesting talk, but uh, yeah, it's it's a bizarre concept that that whole kind of. Rejoining well, I'm, us I'm, into this account, kind of thing. I'm very familiar with it because uh, in, in 2004, I did a uh, a trademark and a copyright on that entity, and I started charging people for using it, and they put me in jail. <laughs> I I tried doing something similar. Okay, well, you know, I'm pretty darn familiar with it, yeah. <laughs> and I'd recommend people stay the hell away from it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go go get a job. Become a welder. You know, make some money. You know, have some chickens. You know, do uh, pr- produce some vegetables. I mean, go do something with your life, and uh, screw all this paperwork stuff. You know. Yeah. And, and any man says I I owe a debt uh, by what right? Does he well, you know, owe a debt? I'll, I'll settle. You know, you, you take the stand and verify it. That's all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You say I owe something. I disagree. Take the stand. If you verify it, I'll uh, I'll decide whether or not uh, I'll pay it. And if I don't, uh, then you can bring me before the jury. And if they believe what you are telling them over what I'm telling them, then uh, you're going to have the sheriff, the National Guard, and the police department all backing you up. That's kind of like where where one of my little situations right now. But uh, yeah, it sounds. Uh... Interesting. Always keep them on the having to bear the burden of the proof. I'm a man. I have the right to be let alone. You exist to secure my rights. What's there not to understand about that? It's really, really, really simple stuff. Well, I appreciate it, sir. Many, no uh, one of many times. Listening <laughs> to you for a while. Thank you. Well, good to hear your voice. Good to hear yeah, your you voice. Too. Thank you. Yep. Hello. All right. Hey, who's that? Hello, Brenda. This is Aquila. Hey, Aquila. Um, just have an announcement. Um, I just want to say everybody should donate to the calls you listen to all these shows. Donate something, whatever you can, when you can. And don't forget about who helped you, especially on the one-on-one. You know, you need to pay up. You know, that's just even in I as well. So, pay for what you get. It's not for free. Period. Yeah, and if you're just mm-hmm. kicking back and enjoying the show, you know, 50 cents is plenty. That's just a cup of coffee. Hey, better than nothing. Hey, you know, I, 
I still, uh, I remember you sending me cookies. I'll never forget. Oh, well, we don't have to say what I did. I <laughs> I'm just saying I and everybody else should donate, period. Yeah. And I donate, you know, so when I can and when I do. Um, I'm not saying I do it all the time as much as maybe I should, but I do it when I can and could, and so far it's working out. Get that. Pretty awesome. All right, guys. I'm still All right. listening in. All right, thanks, Claire. All right, anybody else? All right, Jesse, you got anything else you wanted to add before we wrap this up? Yeah, um, we were talking earlier. I don't know if you want to talk about this now or if you want to talk about it later after the after. Right, but uh, talk about it now. When I get off the phone, I got I got four or five different cases I want to work on. I want to get my stuff wrapped up this week, or at least, well, wrapped up. I want to get it started. <laughs> okay. So this is a, this is another aspect of what's going on tomorrow, and we were talking about earlier that I had this claim filed already, right? Yeah, your property? Uh, the trespass. No, not the property claim. This is All the right. trust, the man that's bearing false witness against me. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, as we uh, as we were working on that, and I've got my claim filed, and they just, you know, they trespassed a, a judge man, and the court, and the court clerk uh, converted my claim into a complaint, and by doing that, that allowed the man acting as a judge to feel as though he had jurisdiction to put an opinion on it and dismiss it. And then we corrected uh, that situation by writing to the court clerk, amending the claim, you know, reaffirming that it was a claim, not a complaint, and uh, that it that is not to be trespassed upon, and uh, and such and such. So, as it is, um, I still have this claim that I was doing, and we uh, I had the man served already. So in my situation. I had the man served twice. I had him served over a month ago uh, for, you know, part of this this uh, due balance. And then also I had him served again, you know, about, you know, two, 15 days ago, 14, 15 days ago. So the 21-day period hasn't come up yet for him to make a final answer on the last serving. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the first one, I gave him, you know, in, in that one I gave him a, verified statement of account, and then I told him, uh, you know, I required payment by this date, certain dates, uh, in full, or to, you know, make contact me with acceptable payment arrangements. So he didn't reply. It wasn't 21 days, but it was a notice that uh, to pay or make arrangements by this date. So in in any case, he didn't do it, and uh, now... I've actually got two claims. It's the same claim, but uh, I amended it. So the first part of it is is what I'm talking about. Uh, The second part of it, the 21 days hasn't passed yet, but the first part of my claim uh, still stands the same as it does in the the amended claim. The man owes me uh, a certain amount for trespass from certain dates. And on those dates, um, he's already been served and the time has passed. I'm trying to go and make my order to do a default judgment. Well, if I want to enter that default judgment, 
in the case that's against against me and enter it in there as a notice uh, to create, you know, well, one on one hand, I've already got a claim, so there should be something where uh, my my court is uh, given full faith and credit or given respect, however you want to call it, to uh, to be heard, you know, and for the claim, for the complaint against me to be held over pending the final judgment of my claim. But uh, on the other hand, you know, because I amended it and, and because of this and that, I would feel more secure if I had a, an actual judgment, not just an open-ended claim going in there, but if I had an actual judgment against the guy tomorrow. So now it can be uh, it can be argued or I can make a notice that, uh this, this okay, thing's what's, the, what's the question? Yeah, to do an order. So the, the default order. I've already did the claim. Uh, we did something related to the summons and uh, notifying him that if he didn't reply in 21 days, a warrant yeah, would be issued. Yeah. yeah, now, uh, yeah tell, tell everybody that uh, when you get to the court, you wrote up your own summons, and then you get to the court, and uh, you, you wanted the clerk to stamp the summons, and she told you that, uh, they didn't need to stamp it, and that you could write your own summons, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. Yep. The, uh, the Chris lady said I didn't need to fill out any summons for my own. It doesn't need to be stamped or witnessed prior to serving him. I just do my own and serve it on him. Okay. And where where did you get the uh, where did you find the uh, the template for your uh, your summons? If you go uh, just into the courthouse, they have the law library here at the courthouse, and yeah. you can go down there and ask at the law library, and then uh, if you give them a general idea of what you're trying to do, like a summons and whatever they might call it, summons and complaint mm -hmm. stuff, they'll uh, tell you that these are templates that you could use, that they would use in their legal world. world. But uh, if you want to you use that for the basis for your your uh, your summons. Yeah, to kind of format it in a similar way and change things that are appropriate. You got your summons with you? You got it in front of you? Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah, why don't you read that? I think uh, people would probably enjoy that. All right, hold on. looks a lot like uh, the way you would do a claim if anybody's seen you know just the basic setup of, of a claim and how Carl kind of did a, a basic template when he did his documents so at the, at the top of the page I have uh, the name of the court which is my name and then the court so I call it by my name that court and then underneath that 
you kind of you want to put something in a not a box, but just you kind of just you know you make a line and another line, and then you write in between those two lines, uh, just like give it its own area. And then inside the area, I put a in parentheses court of record, and then uh, in accord with the common law of man, at and then underneath that at the Dane County Courthouse. You know, it's set up the same way as a claim. I, man, prosecutor, and underneath that, the, uh, the name of the man, the man, the wrongdoer. We got a claim, trespass, bearing false witness, verified. And then underneath that, I've got this summons. So the summons, somebody's making some noise on uh, some wind or something. Uh, I thought that was you. Oh, my. Hey, if you guys are uh, not talking, please mute out so we don't get the background noise. Thank you. This is, uh, it says, Robert, you are hereby noticed that the man, Jesse so-and-so, lays the attached claim against you. To remain in honor, you must act in good faith and give a written answer within 21 days of your receipt of this summons. If within 21 days you fail to provide a proper written answer to this court at the Dane County Courthouse, and then I have the address listed there, as well as to the claimant, Jesse, so-and-so, at, and then the address, a warrant will issue for your arrest to preserve your right to be fully heard, as well as your right to face your accuser. So, and then I signed it. I put my name on there. And uh, man, my name, colon, man. And I didn't need any signature. So that's what uh, or any clerk or anybody. So, so you signed it as the issuer of the summons. Yep. And they put the court stamp on it, and then uh, you had it, uh, you took it and had it served. Yeah, well, they received it. It was filed and received. As yeah. far as the court stamp, yeah, but there's no yeah. like clerk clerk signature or, or or seal. There's not like a seal. Yeah, no, it. there's no there's no court seal because it's your court. Now, yeah. where, where, on your paperwork it says place the court seal above. You know, in that spot, uh, you could put your thumbprint. That's that's your personal seal. Yeah. True. But you're the one who issued the summons. So this is so. Uh, I thought that was really cool because uh, you know, there's two really neat things that have happened uh, that you've told me about. One of them is you wrote the summons and they stamped it and uh, told you, you know, this is good, go ahead and serve it. And so you you wrote the summons, you issued the summons, you're, you're, you've given the wrongdoer 21 days to, to, to answer. And if he doesn't answer, to preserve his right to, to face his accuser and to be fully heard in his defense, you're going to have him brought in. You're going to issue a warrant to have him brought in. Mm-hmm. You're going to give him a rest and, and, and let him uh, and preserve his right to answer. So that's really cool. Uh, I've, never, I've never known anybody who was able to write their own summons, get it approved by the court, not approved, but uh, stamped in and then served like that. that that's really neat. The other thing is when, uh, when the clerk, you were telling me the clerk that was there, when you went and filed your claim, the, the clerk uh, 
Oh, no, that was Paul. Paul did that. Uh, didn't your click say something about leaving leaving your claim alone, putting it back to the way it was? Uh, my Well, my amended claim is, uh, you know, my amended claim says, let me pull it up right here. Well, what did, you had a conversation with the clerk where uh, you you told them that uh, the man who uh, dismissed the case didn't have authority from you to do so, and I forgot how they responded. There was something kind of neat that had happened there. I just don't remember what it is. Um, I'm just looking for something here, Gus. said that when, oh, when I went up to talk to him? Yeah. I I just uh hold on what is this okay so I went up to talk to the the court clerk a, a number of times and uh, so we wrote this letter to them for one and this is the the letter that corrected the the misfiling of the, the conversion of my claim into a complaint. So the first time I contacted the court clerk, you know, it was by this letter. And uh, I said, dear uh, dear so-and-so, greetings. I write you as the man acting as clerk of court, in quotes, at the Dane County Courthouse to let you know. Then four points. One, on 16 December 2015, I did establish uh, the Schwartz Court at the Dane County Courthouse and did lay claim in said court against so-and-so, and I put the man's name. And point two, on, uh, on this date, uh, you did enter uh, this, the name of this man's opinion into said case. So the man was acting as a judge, and then the court clerk entered his opinion into, into my case. Uh, in, in, so it says, on this date, you did enter Juan, Juan's uh, opinion into said court. Well, that's my court. And uh, on the third thing I said is I require said opinion stricken from the record of said court. And the fourth thing, let no man trespass on my case. So I sent this to them, and uh, I sent them a copy of my updated claim. They went back on the public computer website and changed, you know, with the entries that they had made you know, calling it a complaint and summons and and different things, and they uh, they put put it under there under like other paperwork or or others paper others or something, and then it says something like uh, original initiating document, and then it lists it it calls it a claim trespass bearing false witness, so so uh, my claim is listed as a claim, not a complaint now. Despite the fact that you know there was a trespass and a man felt like he could put an opinion on it, that was all having to do with a complaint. But now it's been reestablished that this is a claim, not a complaint. So whatever that man did, in theory, shouldn't affect uh, what I'm doing because I didn't do a complaint. So if he dismissed a complaint, then then uh, that was like a, a, a phantom dismissal because. There was no complaint there. There's, there was a claim, and there still is a claim, and I haven't seen any man dismiss this claim. So so in any case, 
I've got my claim, but I wanted to I wanted to make a a move on on this guy and try to get a default. So even if I was going to try to get the default judgment, or if I was just going to try to go ahead and uh, order him to be brought in on like the 21st day and do an order, uh, the process for going about that, I'd like to know a little more about that. And uh, like for instance, if I I formed I formed a default order, and we were working on that the other day, but uh, I, I kind of just want to know after I do after I put that together, then then how does this uh, work for a man to do this? The man puts his own order, gives two copies, uh, requires the court clerk to uh, to see a magistrate immediately, or to uh, I don't understand exactly where I'm going with it. Do I, if I go down there, I file the papers, I say I require uh, this to be certainly you know, a default judgment, or I require to see a magistrate to be a witness to this, or where am I going with it? I, I want to know a little more about how to get this default judgment in effect. Now, I the, uh, the, the default judgment, the one that you wrote up, is that the one you got on Google Images? Um. I don't know if I put it on Google Images. You got something from Google Images and used it as a as a template where you re uh, redid the words and it came out really cool. What which one was that? Uh, it wasn't sure. it wasn't the default. I don't think so. All right. So on the uh, oh, I remember the default judgment. You you said uh, you had one on a traffic case a few months ago. You, oh yeah. So you, that's the one you used as a template. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I can, uh, let me see, let me just pull up this order real here, this order of default that we're working on here. Uh, so you, you default, okay? Uh, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure we already talked about this. The default judgment was not signed by a judge. It was it was signed by a clerk because the man never showed up uh, because you didn't show up, okay, the one that you used as a template. Because you didn't show up, the clerk just issued the default and told you to pay the fine, and that's it. And in the same way, uh, you're going to put on the record, on, in your case, that the man failed to answer and uh, therefore – you you know the your court finds in favor of the claimant and um and, and you know you you issue judgment in the claimant's favor and that's it yeah and i got it right here clerk, i got it and the clerk is going to uh seal that you know the same way that they did with the other thing and send it out to, to the wrongdoer and say hey bob uh you, you know you've got a debt you know, that's the, the, so whatever your whatever way you you write that order is the way it's going to be executed. That's my question. I'll read the order, but then after I go up there to turn in the order, and then I'm yeah. speaking I'm speaking to the court clerk. Uh, now at the bottom mm. of at the bottom of this thing, I put a star or asterisk, and it says uh, the court clerk is required to promptly mail a copy of this judgment to the wrongdoer's last known address. So when I go in there, I'm going to give them. I'm going to come in there with, what, two or three copies? And then I'm going to say, here's one for the court, here's one 
for the wrongdoer, and then I want this one for my own copy. Well, and then, the, uh, yeah, I, I think you just go in with one, and you you place it. You know, you I would give them a cover letter that says, you know, dear, what's the what's your clerk's name over there? Carlo. All right, so dear Carlos, Carlos or Carlo? With a just an O. Just an O. So Carlo, uh, dear Carlo, greetings. Uh, you know, please find and close uh, regarding this case. Uh, summary judgment uh, for for you to sign and uh, seal and enter into the record for judgment. Upon execution of, of said uh, uh, default, uh, I require you to uh, give it to the sheriff for execution. Whatever you, you know, you give them a cover letter and let them know, give them instructions as to what to do with it. Whatever you decide, you know, you want done. Yeah, but then I, I want a copy of it. Like, I, for, I mean, there's two things that I want. I want a copy of it, So, but I also want to make sure it gets stamped. So if I give well, them... It's gonna, It's not only going to be stamped. You know, if it's a default judgment, it's going to be sealed by the court. It's going to be stamped in, entered into the court record, and then uh, they're going to issue the. Uh, they're they're going to send a copy of the judgment to Carlo. You know, that that's an automatic thing. And then, uh, and if it, if it's not automatic, you can just tell them to do it, and tell them to send you a copy of it as well. Yeah, that's my that's my question. So I'm giving them, I'm handing it over, and then I don't have it anymore. So then okay. at that point, uh, what's to say they don't just delay, delay, you know, waiting, and then they wait, well, and then all of a sudden I'm contacting them like, hey, you guys didn't do it yet? Oh, no, you start, we didn't. Because you show up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and you give it to them, and uh, you, you tell them you're going to be sitting right there on the bench in the hallway uh, waiting for it, you know, how long will it take to – to get it sealed and issued. Okay, so I just do it on the spot. That's what I was wondering. You go in there, you hand it to them, and but then you uh, you kind of wait it out, and then you just you know you kind of. No, give I mean them the they, they've they've got other things to do. I don't know what their caseload is that day. You know how much work they have. Uh, if it's a slow day, they might put it out in five minutes. If it's uh, if it's a hectic day, it might take them forty-five minutes. You know, if you say how long is it going to take? And she says, uh, you know, she says it'll be five minutes and tell her you're going to sit down. If she says it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, about an hour, then say, uh, you know, just just let her know you're going to go for a bite to eat or you're going to go buy a pair of sneakers anyway because you got to be, you know, now, now that you're downtown, you might as well go shopping and you'll be back in an hour. I mean, you, you know, just see how it rolls. If uh, if they tell you, you know, this might, t- you know, this could take up to a week, you say, excuse me, I, I don't believe there's another man. Uh, you know, you exist to secure the rights of man. And as far as I know, uh, there's not too many men coming in here. I don't know why why you're so busy. Uh, I require to speak to somebody about this because, you know, I kind of need this today. It's kind of important to me. Yeah, you know, so just address it the way, you, you know, just feel it out. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the bottom line is I got to wait there to get a copy of it back. And the copy that I get back should be sealed. It should be have a seal on it, right? Yeah, your copy. Well, the the, the original copy, which goes into the record, is going to be the one that's sealed. And then they make copies of that, and that's what they send out to everybody. 
Okay. And if uh, and if they're giving me a problem about it, saying, uh, well, I don't know if we can do this or I don't know, blah, 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 and I just require them to do it, I require if the you, court clerk. Yeah, if you write them a letter that says, you know, if you say, dear Carlo, uh, you know, please, you know, find enclosed for for filing into the case, you know, and who's going to sign it? I mean, you're you're the you're the, you're the man making you're the tribunal, so you're going to sign it, and you're going to give it to the clerk, and uh, and and you know, let Carlo know that you require his signature to be placed on there, that you require the seal of the court. And, uh, well, the seal of the court, uh, you know, that's you. You know, thumbprint. Yeah, so there is no seal. They're not going to actually put uh, a court like a court seal on it. It's going to be my thumbprint. But then... It's going to be, uh, on, the, on the testimony of two witnesses, a thing shall be established. The thing is the, is the judgment. And on the testimony of two witnesses, so there's going to be Jesse... And the clerk. Okay, so I'm gonna put my seal on there, and then his yeah. uh, his witness is just his signature. Yeah, just his signature, I guess. But uh, I don't need to get I don't need to get actually in front of a magistrate to get this thing witnessed or sealed. It's just a matter of me and the court clerk. What's the What's the purpose of the magistrate in a court of record? Yeah, I didn't see a purpose. I, I just thought he might act as a witness. And He's say, a referee. Oh, He's a referee to a tennis match. All he does is call the points. Fifteen love, fifteen, fifteen. So that's that's he's just he's just a referee, making sure nobody's offsides, making sure the serve was over the net. You know, he's just a referee. Mm-hmm. He's making sure that you proceed according to the rules of the court, whatever rules those are. If it's a court set up for a kangaroo and a chimpanzee. They have specific rules for those kinds of cases, and he's there to make sure those rules are applied properly. If it's a you know, case between a man and a man, he's going to, you know, and you call the rules uh, according to the, you know, the common law of man, then that's the rules he's going to apply. He's there to administrate the, the court, to, to make sure the court functions according to its proper uh, charter. The court is chartered by the man who creates the court. Is it that I'm dealing with only the court clerk, or can any clerk of, of the court uh, sign it as a witness? Just another witness. Yeah, what they're gonna what, see what they're witnessing is that the man did not appear. That's the only thing they're witnessing. They're looking at the case file and saying, "Yep, there's nothing here." You know, so that they're they're testifying that the man did not come forward and provide any kind of information, therefore, he's in default. That's it. That's all the witnessing. But the witness has to be somebody that works at the courthouse? Well, it has to be somebody who's, who's got access to the case file, to the original copy. Yeah, the original copy that's filed. Somebody needs to look at the case file and say, Bob didn't show up. He didn't file an answer, so he's in default. You know, I can I can testify he's in default. I'm, I'm looking at the case file. It, it doesn't show it there. You know, this is the original file in the case in the public courthouse at the Dane County Courthouse. And, uh, you know, in this case, 
regarding Jesse and 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 Robert. Uh, Robert didn't show up, so yeah, he's in default. You know, it's it's a pretty simple thing. There's nothing complicated about it. All right, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and if, and if they uh, for any reason the court clerk is uh, trying to dispute with you about it. I There's nothing to dispute. They they're, they are there to witness whether or not Bob showed up, whether or not he answered the claim. That's the only thing they're there for, okay? If he's not there, then, you know, there was a claim. The claim requires compensation. The compensation is a some certain, not a certain sum, a some certain. It's an exact amount. And uh, the order that you're going to write is going to be, requiring the man to pay the, 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 you know, to pay you in gold, silver, or purple basketballs, whatever it is, you, you know, your form of payment. Typically, we use uh, U.S. dollars, you know. Yeah. And that's it, you know. So y- your order is going to be, you know, uh, number one, the case was created on this day. Number two, the man was served. Number three, the man had 21 days to, to, to answer. Number four, the man failed to answer. Number five, the man is in default. Uh, number six, the judgment goes to the claimant. Uh, number seven, the the uh, wrongdoer is ordered to pay X Y Z. That's I mean that's pretty much the whole thing. You know, it's just a chronological. You know, that's your findings of facts, and uh, the conclusion of law is you got a debt, pay the fucking debt. What I what I did for my last point. Uh, instead of yeah. using the word default, so I said the wrongdoer, the wrongdoer's failure to appear is deemed to be a consent to debt due, and the wrongdoer is found guilty of the following that's, that's, consent. That's, that's too complex. All right? Leave it real simple. Go back and listen to the recording, what I just said. Just leave it real simple. You know, and, and it's not that he failed to appear. He failed to answer. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to change on there. Able to answer, okay. yeah. He's got 21 days to answer, not 21 days to appear. Yeah. Deemed to be. He's not deemed. He either is or he's not. Is default. No, you, don't, you, you don't deem a man to be tall. He either is tall or he's not tall. All right. So the wrongdoer's failure to answer uh, puts him in default. Uh, how, how do I word that? The wrongdoer's failure to answer. The, the man was served on this date. He had 21 days to answer. He has failed to answer. The court finds in favor of the claimant. The court orders wrongdoer to pay the bill. Yeah, I see that. There was I was just copying this template from the one they had, and uh, the way it broke down on there was before it made the final order and yeah. judgment. It said uh, the failure of of a so and so to reply can be treated as, and then I think on on their form, how did they word it? They said, uh, well, see that their form was created by the legislature. All it is is a template to give you an idea of how to, how to do something. 
Yeah. yeah. It, they're being treated as a no contest, but I'm not calling his thing a no contest. I'm uh, saying. Yeah, you, you don't have to call it anything. You, you can just say, you know, order. But yeah, you don't have to say it's a default order. You can just say order. You know, it, it's up to Bob to show up and say, hey, I didn't get served, or I was on vacation, or, you know, the soup was boiling, or my dog had rabies, or, you know, you, he needs to come up with a legitimate excuse why he didn't answer. It's not your problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to justify yourself to another man. You know, the, the, the rules are real simple. Common law. You know, I, I make a claim against you. You get 21 days to answer, see you in court. You don't show up, no problem. You're in default, pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, don't make it any more complex than you need to. All right. You really now think time. about it as a, as, you know, as a man. You're, you're a man. How do you, you know, you, you told your son uh, if he mowed the lawn, you'd give him five bucks. The kid comes back. He doesn't give you a big, lengthy explanation about why he should get the five bucks. He says, Dad, the lawn is mowed, and he sticks his hand out. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's expecting you to lay five, a five spot in his hand. That's it. He's not going to give you a lengthy explanation as to why you should be doing something. He's going to stick his hand out and say, pay up, dude. Right? Keep it that simple. There's nothing complicated about this. All right. So I broke it down then. Failed to answer before the 21 days. Uh, the wrongdoers found guilty of the following trespass. And then I named the trespass order judgment be entered against the wrongdoer. The court orders Robert Jamboys to tender this certain dollar amount to, to this man. And then I put the address for the payments to go to. Okay. And uh sounds pretty good. The bottom still has the part about the asterisk with the court clerk required to promptly mail a copy of this judgment to the wrongdoer's last known address. So it's pretty short and sweet. I think I can give that to him tomorrow and see if I can get some action in the morning. All right, well write it up. Let me see it before you you know, you go do it. Let me see what you end up with. All right. I'll send you a copy. Sound, sounds pretty good. Anybody still on this call? Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of people. (laughs) All right. If I can hear you, uh, then then the call is still happening. All right. You've come a long way, man. You've done fucking great. Man, I gotta, uh, <laughs> I gotta come a long way further if I want to get out of this problem. Gus, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Gus, this is Kev. Hey, Kev. Yeah. I just wanted to give you a notification. You've been served. <laughs> Thank you. I told you I was going to serve you, and I'm telling you in front of everybody else, you've been served. <laughs> if you'd like awesome. to take a moment to check your email 
and to let everybody know that you have been served? No, I, I, I'm cool. I, I've got somebody, you know, somebody called me up a week and a half ago and said, check your, your post office. I sent you something. I haven't been there yet. I don't and the reason I'm saying this is that I don't have I don't have PayPal. Nobody serves me with anything. So I don't know how easy it is for I don't know how easy it is for you to check or not check. I'm just you know, I was on earlier, I told you you'd be served and you got a little bit more than a cup of coffee. I appreciate it. Jess Jess, God bless you, bud. Yeah, bless you too, brother. The conversation the conversation, the conversation you just heard between Jesse and I are the conversations we've had you know, day after day for, for two months. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, there, there's sometimes we go five days without talking, but, I mean, these are the kinds of conversations. So you can hear how time-consuming they are because I, I'm, not giving, I'm not really giving them anything. You, no, you're not. You're, you're letting him work. You're letting him do a little bit of work, and that's a good thing. Because as soon as he figures this out, and and like we talked about earlier, and like my prayer was earlier, and, and my prayer wasn't because uh, that I believe the, just the prayer itself is going to work. It's just our belief in what we believe in and how we believe as a man shows through. Yeah. So when you work hard, Jess, and you, and you study the word and you study the terminology, and you study the punctuation, and you study everything in your paperwork that you give to them, it causes them to have to sit back and just go, what different? It's a lot to digest. Well, they have to digest it. There's no doubt about them having to digest it or not digest it. They have to digest it. Yeah, it was given. It was given to him from a man. You know, earlier tonight you you made a comment about you know when you walk in tomorrow and what if what if this happens or this happens and they 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 ask me this question or that question and everything and that's that's a totally normal and uh, that's a total normal reaction that not only you have, but but multiple people out here have. When we have to go into court, yeah, they try to get jurisdiction over you by doing tiny little things like asking you for a cup of water or uh, whatever else. They might call you by your name or or say uh, different things to you. And you gotta you gotta know what you're doing from the moment you walk in there, and not pay attention to any of that stuff. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. You know, you gotta be real clear about what you want to put on the record, and you know, and, and then become the jackhammer that keeps pounding that into the record. I hope you understand you right now are you're a jackhammer right now. Jess you're, a jack, Jess, you're a jackhammer right now and you whether or not you really believe it or feel it or or, or wanna believe in it, you really are. 
Yeah, I know I got to I got to hold court too though, you know. And and uh I, that's what I was getting at earlier Gus too. I know the paperwork is a huge part of the whole process, but you yeah. got to go hold, hold court. So uh so that's that's what I was saying before ultimately ultimately I've got these notices in case anything would happen to them. I got my notices. But uh, that serves the fact that they're already filed serves as a as a, a fair warning liability, and it also uh, establishes me going in there. No matter what anybody else tries to say, transpired that day. I have these notices. Now, if I if I don't get a chance to speak all of them on the record or whatever, that doesn't uh, take away the power of my notices. Correct? You do it. No. You lay what you wish to lay on the record and let them do what, they, what they're going to do, and that's it. You can't tell them what to do. You don't your have authority is, to tell them what to do. Your court is already set. In his case, his court is set. But exactly. You know, tomorrow, tomorrow he's going uh, to them. And yep. you know you you can bring in um, you know after you get those uh, papers filed into the uh, into the previous into the first case from three years ago once yeah, you get filed into that case you can then get a, um, a you know a copy of those after the stamp is on them and I wouldn't do it. But um, and, you know, you you can place those into the other case later if you have to. Place them into which other case? My claim or the other case? Well, the, no, the new uh, the new felonies. Yeah, and, and the purpose of placing those. I'm just saying, you know, if if it should come up that you need to, you can do that. You know, I don't see the reason to do it right now. All right. I I don't see the reason to do whatever, but the reason you know, it might come up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but uh you know, the the when you're doing your own case it, it becomes way more complex. You have to know you know, what you're doing with the case, you you know, you're you're putting in a claim it's just way, way more work, way more stuff that you have to do. It's one of the reasons I chose not to do a claim this past summer. You know, because being on the defense, uh, especially in a criminal case, your your rights as a man to face your accuser, you know, due process and all this stuff that's constitutional, uh, you know, they have all these rules that are set in concrete for them to play with, to work with. And... Um, you know, if they know that you know what you're doing, and it's not an administrative court, it's you know, it's it's serious business, uh, you know, criminal stuff. Then uh, you know, it's a whole lot easier to deal with than it is if, you know when you're trying to set up your court and trying to move your court. There's a whole lot more to learn when you're doing your own thing. Yeah, this is just kind of keeping them at bay, giving them, giving them. No, uh, you're nullifying the case from three years ago. That's that's not keeping them at bay. That's some pretty serious stuff. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm saying when you give them notices in their case, yeah. it's, uh, anytime you give them notices in their case, it just acts as a means of keeping them at bay, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, act the same way your claim would act necessarily. It can, I think it can, right? No, it can't. Because when you when you make a claim, you are requiring uh, compensation. Okay, why would you make a claim without seeking compensation? Yeah. So you know, you're claiming that there's a wrongdoer. Which is, you know, if all you're doing is saying, Bob did something wrong, Bob did something wrong, Bob did something wrong, so what? So Bob did something wrong. Who cares? What's that mean to you? You got to take it to the next step. Well, I require compensation for what Bob did. Okay, well, what kind of compensation? So, you know, apple pie every Tuesday, whatever your compensation is, and, and, and then... Now you have a controversy. You're saying that uh, you know Bob did something wrong, and that you require an apple pie every Tuesday morning until this is resolved, and uh, and that's it. Now, now you've got a conflict. You, you you've got compensation. You've got something to be determined by the court, and you can move forward. But um, in their case, you know it's the other way around. They're the ones that are saying uh, you did wrong. And they're the ones seeking compensation. They're the ones who have the burden of proof. You know, in your case, you, you've got the burden of proof. You better know what the elements are. Like if you charge somebody with theft or, or larceny or, um, you know, robbery, whatever it is you're charging them with, you have to be able to prove the, uh, the elements of that case. You know, what are the elements of burglary? Of, of robbery, of theft, of larceny. You know, the, the, the easiest thing, the easiest elements to, to, to bring into a case are you have the right to be let alone. So if a man interferes with your right to be let alone, the elements are real easy. You know, he didn't leave me alone. Yeah, he really <laughs> left you alone. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're going to talk about, uh, you know, forged instrument, you know, the, the more complex you get, the more you have to know what the elements of that, that trespass is because uh, when you place an order into the court, that order has to be, um, you know, the, the order, if you read a court decision, the court, you know, starts off by naming the parties. You know, this is a case between Bob, who, who's, you know, a, uh, a Chinese Republican, and Frank, Who's, who's an Australian Democrat, you know, whatever. They, they name the parties and, and what their, you know, their, their status is. And the case is before the court because of this, and it's proceeding according, you know, to a statute number such and such. So that statute becomes the law of the case. And that's what you, you know, in your final order, you, you know, that's, that's what you're doing is you're, you're giving all the layout and uh, that's why you want to read other court decisions to see how they wrote their orders. But uh, when you make your claim at the beginning, you don't just make your claim and run down there and file it. You know, you, know, you can say Bob does me wrong by way of, of robbery. Great, that's a claim. You've got two parties. You've got a controversy. No problem. But uh, how are you going to prove it? You know, if, if you don't have the order written, 
already before you make the claim, then you haven't given enough thought. You know, somebody like Carl, no problem. He doesn't have to write the order. It's in his head. He already knows what he's doing. But, you know, for the rest of us, uh, we need to write up the order. We need to, we need to know the end result that we seek, and then we've got to work all the way back to the claim from there. And, and when you can do that, you'll have a much clearer picture of where to start from to, to get to that end. You know, uh, you know they, they say if you, uh, if you don't know what the destination is, then uh, any direction will do. That's right. Well, your destination is that court order. It's that final order that you're going to lay into the case. So you write up the order, and, and you let everybody know that's the destination that you seek. You know, in my case in May, you know, it, it, it wasn't my case. It was their case. But uh, I put an order in, and I didn't say notice of, of, of order and all this stuff. I just put it in there to let them know this is where I'm going. Now, I'm going to be seeking this order when the day comes that I make my own case. Give them a, give them a fair warning, heads up. Well, that, that was my target. Okay, my target was to get that order. And so everything I did was about getting that order against the man who bears false witness against me. End of story. That's all I'm interested in. I am, you know, when I went to court that day, I was looking for that man. Why? Because I, you know, I, without that man, I'll never get that order. I, you know, I, if that man doesn't show up and verify his claim in open court, then he, you know, the whole thing is going to get thrown out anyway. So I was looking for that man because I was looking to get my order. I was looking for the foundation for my order that I'm going to eventually file in a claim. But I wasn't going to spend 300 bucks to file a claim when uh, I didn't absolutely have to. Remember when I was working with you and I told you not to, I, I, I never told you to go file a claim in court. I told you to do the paperwork, get it all ready to go, have it served on the man, and uh, if he pays the bill, great. You don't need a court case. If he doesn't pay the bill, then you know maybe you'll consider filing a claim. But there's no purpose to file a claim if the guy says, you're right, I owe you $1,200 for the damage I did to your front lawn. Now, if he admits to it and pays it, why would you spend the extra 300 bucks to get a claim? So, you know, by by serving him uh, before you make a claim, you're you're doing it all in the private. You, 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 you're you handling your affairs before you go to court. Mhm. What about for somebody that's sitting in jail, Gus, right now, and they want to know how to how they're going to get into a claim? They don't have any money, and uh, they they feel like they have a right to make a claim. Well, you have a right to make a claim. You know, dear Bob, I don't have any money right now. I'm sitting in jail. Uh, I require you to file this claim and send me the bill. All right, put it in writing and require it. Yeah, just 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 let the guy know. You know, let the clerk know. I don't have any money right now. Uh, here's my claim. File it. Send the bill to to, to my address here at the county jail care of the county jail, and uh, I'll see if the uh, commissioner or, you know, if the county commissioner is on, I'll, I'll see if somebody can pay it. If not, you know, I'll pay you when I get up. 
you know, you don't have to explain all that. You just say, look, here's my claim. I ain't got no money. Send me the bill. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my claim says that uh, that the wrongdoer shall cover court costs. That's going to be part of the compensation I'm seeking. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I win, uh, take it out of, you know, take it out of the... Uh, out of the money that's coming in from that, and and if I lose, then I'll pay you myself. Mm-hmm. All, I mean, the only the purpose of the filing fee is to rent space in the building, but it's a public mm-hmm. building. You know, it's not to rent space really. It's a, it's it's to pay for the you know the record keeping and the people who work there and so on. It's to support you know what what works for all of us. Mm-hmm. Jess. Yeah. You're not going to jail tomorrow, but Yeah, man, I like hearing that, man. I like the positive encouragement. You studied really hard. Gus pushed you really hard. Yeah, man. Your under, your, your understanding of what's happening and what's going to happen is very clear in your mind, and yet you're still you have you have your own doubts within yourself. You know, you never uh, know how people are. You're, you're right. You're right. So you're right. Busy. You're right. I agree with you. You're right. I don't want to be. Pray, a, I pray with you, know. you tonight. I pray with you tonight, and I believe in it. And I believe in everything I've heard you say. Man, your I mean, shit is tight. Yeah, Gus man. Locked, he Gus locked you down. I'm working with the masters. I, you know <laughs> what? I, okay, how's this? How's this? You're working with the masters? Guess what? I got on. I said a prayer. And then I told everybody that's listening to this that I was going to make a donation. And I made a donation. A nice, generous donation for you and the prayer and everything that's going to happen. And for all the work that he did. But you have to believe what you know is true. Because that's what's going to be questioned tomorrow. And whatever happens, happens. Okay? Whatever whatever evilness happens, that we all know evilness exists, happens, you're still going to be all right, bud. Hey, man, I didn't harm nobody. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sooner or later, everything you put in, you know what? They might not like reading everything that they're reading tomorrow, but it's it's in. It's set. Yeah, and, and who can tell me under oath and verify that uh, that I did have understanding when I entered the contract? And who can uh, tell me that they have the authority to to bind me? In-